five, four, three, two, one. Bazinga. Bazinga. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Now Showing podcast. I'm your host, as always, Sam Hooten, and I'm joined once again by John Luke McDonald. Hello, welcome back. And we're joined by special guest, Lewis. Hello, I'm back. You're back. You were here when I wasn't here. When I was ill, when I was off, you came and you, you filled in, so a big thank you for that. Uh, so we, I've not done a podcast yet, and we'll see just how good or bad your film opinions are, because uh, we're going to be doing a alternative Oscars today. So we are going through every category, or not every category, but a lot of the main categories of the Oscars, uh, and talking about what we think uh, should get nominated or win that wasn't nominated. So, for example, we could pick a film that got nominated in another category. So, for example, we could pick, um, say, uh, I think maybe... Soul got nominated for some things, but didn't get nominated for Best Picture. You could hypothetically nominate in Best Picture, but you couldn't nominate a film that did get nominated, etc., etc. Or films that didn't get nominated at all. So, for example, for me, I could nominate, I don't know, Rebecca in, in Best Actress or something. Um, so we're going to go through each category, giving our nominations for who is, is nominated in our, in our alternative Oscars and who wins each category. Um, this obviously doesn't mean anything, but this is a little bit similar to the Now Showing Awards. Uh, a little bit similar to the whiskies, but with our own kind of different twist. You know, this is all films that came out in the awards season, nothing that came out earlier or later. Um, so yeah, they were going to be going through that now. So before we start off, uh, Lewis, um, who are you and what are you doing here? Uh, I'm Lewis. I just like watching films uh, and talking about them a lot. I watch a lot of films and I'm just here just because I don't know why. Just you asked me to come on, and I thought, why not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, I follow your Twitter account, which is uh, at ljwr underscore. And on that, I've seen you've been doing some sort of challenge to go through and watch every single film that's nominated for an Oscar, and, and that's been like some challenge, I assume. Yeah, it has. It's been very difficult, especially because some of most of the films that are left now aren't available in the UK. Uh, but it's been enlightening because normally I struggle to watch the best picture nominees, but and that's eight or nine or ten, and this, there are fifty-five films nominated. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of done the same with some of the categories. I was like, okay, I want to go watch all the the, the shorts and the short documentaries and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and I found it really, really hard to try and track down the animated shorts. There just seems to be like none of them seem to be available in the UK, really. Yeah, the animated shorts and the live action shorts are the ones that I have left. I've seen most of them. I think I've only got like four left to watch now that I've seen Minari. Um, so I've done 51 out of 55. Right. I, I think it was like, I, I checked out Opera and it's like, it said like on the on the website, like you can watch it in some like live art installation in Seoul in like a month's time. It's like, well... I don't know if that is exactly plausible, but uh, I might have to get my tickets out to, to South Korea. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's obviously a, 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 a large challenge. And I think that indicates that you've seen a lot more films than me or Jordan. So maybe that will give you a, a bit more of a, a varied choice of films to do for this awards. Um, but before we do get into the awards, uh, let's first uh, do quite a brief version just, just to ask each of us, uh, me and Jordan, what have you watched since the last episode? And, and were you, uh, Lewis, what have you been watching in the last few weeks? And, and I, I guess you can say some of the Oscar films or, or whatever. But say, I'll start with you, Jay. What have you watched since last episode? Uh, not too much. I've watched, rewatched La La Land for the third time. It was on BBC. 
And as Sam very well knows, I was uh, in some heated discussions on Twitter with various members of the public. <laughs> yeah, to which I replied, "Get a get a fucking life or something," because you're they're arguing with like six follower accounts from Burnley. It's like, who cares? Just fucking grow up. They don't like a film you like, you virgin. It was so funny. Just all these people are like, oh, I've, I've watched five minutes of La La Land and I've turned it off. What a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, we watched La La Land on BBC. Uh, I also just had on, on, I was with my brother and my mum, and we just watched, like, had on in the background this um, BBC iPlayer. I think it was on BBC. It was, like, an adaptation of um, uh, David Williams' book called The Boy in the Dress. And, oh, yeah. honestly, it was trash. <laughs> it was awful. It was, like worse than most tv movies i've ever seen in my life absolutely abysmal um one thing i did watch which is which is new and is it on the on the other end of the scale uh i, I started watching and nearly finished the netflix series oh, unbelievable um with tony collette and caitlin dever and you know a very, very good cast and uh very sad and emotional but um very high quality uh netflix show I read the boy in the dress when I was uh, was I was a, when I was a child. And I thought it was quite good, but to be fair, that was like nine year old me, so I don't know if it holds up. Um, it's weird that like La La Land was on. There was all this discourse and stuff when I just coincidentally happened to watch it the week before uh, for the first time. But yeah, uh, I think it's a good film as well. But I'm not that sad to argue with strangers. <laughs> okay, so what I watched, I watched. I got around talking about last week about that social experiment of uh, as many th- different thoughts on being John Malkovich as possible. I got around to we watching John being John Malkovich, and it's just an absolutely excellent film. I I think I loved it a lot more the second time than when I did the first time. I've got the Arrow video, uh, the Arrow Academy release uh, Blu-ray, and it's got so many different special features and stuff. And watching interviews with, with Spike Jones and with, with John Malkovich himself, and and yeah, just really, really, uh, just understanding like how many different levels that film works on. Uh, and it's really, really just an excellent film, and it might be one of my favorites ever. Now he's kind of in that category for me, um, you know. So. Yeah, just just excellent film. I also watched. What else did I watch? Oh yeah, I watched Coco for the first time yesterday. Um, I've got this cool cinema room I found in in the, my new accommodation, and you can just like just walk in there and just put on films on the big screen. And uh, and I did it with Coco, and uh, yeah, it's a very good film. I hadn't seen it before, and um, yeah, it was charming. And um, yeah, all Pixar I don't really miss. So um, obviously, there's a lot of Pixar and talk because their employees are angry that they're not showing Luca in the cinema and such. Uh, but yeah, very good film. Uh, I did just start watching. You saying about that Netflix thing? I forgot. I was. I forgot about this actually. I I started watching the program You with my flatmate. Oh uh, uh, yeah, she's yeah, seen like four times or whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean it's basic white girl stuff. So obviously she's watched it four times already. So she, she, <laughs> she said she'd she'd watch it with with me. So I uh, yes, it seems okay. It's a bit corny, but it's a cool idea, I guess. So yeah, I'm not, I'll see that one through. When I'm not with her, I watch Most Robot. I'll continue on that, and then I watch you with her so let's see how that goes uh what about you lewis i guess you've been watching such oscar stuff so i don't know if you've ever pick a few films you've watched but have you, what have you watched in the last couple of weeks um well the big standouts are probably i've finished watching the best picture nominees i watched the father which was like so good on every level uh and i watched minari and i had no idea what to expect from minari but it was so good it was like i've never seen anything like minari that was it, it was just so good and JL yeah. was quite uh, down on Minari. You didn't think it was I'm not down as on good Minari. as. I gave it a no, four but... out of five. Yeah, but you seem to be quite like underwhelmed, perhaps. 
I don't think it underwhelmed is the word either. I think, oh, maybe it was, I don't know. I just, um, obviously, Stephen Young, I very, very uh, much like him as an actor, and having heard the premise, having heard the A24 logo attached to it, um, I don't know. I, it wasn't what I expected, maybe. It was still a very good film, and I think on a rewatch, it'll, it'll definitely go up in my, uh, in my ratings and so on. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't necessarily, like, my favourite of the Best Picture nominations. Yeah, sorry, carry on, uh, Lewis. Yeah, no, it wasn't my favourite one either, but I, I liked it a lot, a lot more than I expected as well, because, like I say, I had no idea what to expect from it. Um, and I also ended up on a much less good note. I watched Capone, um, the, <laughs> that film from Josh Trank that for some reason he made about the most boring period of time in one of the most interesting gangsters' lives, and it was just awful. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I haven't heard anything positive about it, so I guess that's a, a fair, like... Yeah, don't know, put yourself through it. Did Tom Hardy get the Razzie nomination in the end or not? I, I'm Good not question. sure, but he should have done. <laughs> <laughs> paycheck, it's just a paycheck. Yeah, we're doing a, we're doing a worst picture in this alternative Oscars. Uh, however, we're not doing a worst actor. Mate, would he have got in there if we were doing a worst actor for you? If I had to pick five, then probably, yeah. Okay, so before we run through the uh, the actual uh, going through the awards themselves, I was going to quickly list to everyone the order in which we are doing them. So we have done two new um, awards that are, aren't usually done. So we're just doing feature films, so no documentary shorts or or documentaries or whatever. So fe- normal feature films, uh, we are doing stunts and ensemble, which are the first two, which are obviously new. Score, sound, VFX, makeup, costume, production design, cinematography, editing, uh, adapted screenplay, original screenplay, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best actor, best actress, best director, worst picture, and best picture. So all of them are five nominations each, with the exception of the best picture, which can have eight nominations. Uh, because, or which has eight nominations, because um, the Oscars this year have eight nominations, so we decided to match that for this one. So, without any further ado, let's, let's get into this one, boys. I'm going to start off with Lewis. Um, I'd like you to give me your five nominations for best stunts. Uh, my nominations for best stunts are, predictably, Tenet, uh, then mm-hmm. Birds of Prey, mm-hmm. Trial of the Chicago 7, Mm-hmm. The Five Bloods and the Eight Hundred. For a second now, there was, we were three in, and you gone for three that I went for, and I was getting a little bit. <laughs> I was like, "There's no way he's going to say the next two, and he didn't because there's no chance he was going to say the next two. So my five are Tenet, Birds of Prey, Anola Holmes, The Trial of Chicago Seven, and Wonder Woman 1984. Um, what about you, Jail? Okay, I have Tenet, Birds of Prey, Mulan, The Invisible Man, and The Hunt. See, I was really close to going for The Invisible Man, and then I didn't, because I just didn't think there was enough in there. Yeah, I mean, The Invisible Man is, like, kind of the, the fifth place one, almost. Um, one thing I was considering was Host, because the stunts were done so well practically that they almost could have appeared to be VFX and the fact that they were done by the actors themselves rather than dedicated stunts teams was uh, mm-hmm. was was making me consider host as a potential fifth place um, pick. But I went for the Invisible Man just because I think you know necessarily not necessarily some of the bigger stunts like Tenor and, and Birds of Prey or whatever, but um 
I think it was still at a high enough level and enough of enough stones to uh, to get in there for me. Okay, um, I'm, I'm assuming obviously as we go up the list and we have more and stronger and stronger opinions, we'll probably talk more and more. Uh, the early ones are probably breezing through a bit quicker than we will later on. Um, but we're going to go to you, Lewis, for your your winner. Who has the best stunts of 2020 for you? This is one of the only categories where there is no, you know, outliers. You know, you can pick anything because the Oscars don't have a best stunt. So this is this is just the best stunts of the year, completely best stunts. So who, ha- what film had the best stunts of 2020 for you, uh, Lewis? The best stunts of 2020, easily for me, is Tenet, obviously. Easily for me, it is Tenet, obviously. <laughs> easily for me, it is Tenet, obviously. Let's go, boys. I knew that was gonna get a sweep. I might. We, oh, yeah. I really fucking like Tenet. Lewis, how are you? How do you stand on Tenet as a film? Because me and Jail are proud card-holding members of the Tenet fan club. Uh, how do you stand on it? I I love Tenet. I do love Tenet. I don't think it's as good as I don't think I love it as much as you love it. But I still love it a lot. I think it's very very good. He actually hates it. We paid him. <laughs> to say that he likes Tenet because enough people don't like Tenet okay moving on to Ensemble now I guess this is quite a big one because it's got quite imp- big implications on our thoughts on the films our thoughts on the acting and this might even foreshadow what we have in the acting categories later um, but who are your five nominations for Best Ensemble so I don't know what you lot think about Ensemble but I don't necessarily think that the amount particularly matters it more as a collective acting ability if, if four actors were unbelievable I think that, that qualifies for Ensemble if 12 actors were all equally good then I think you know that counts as well so that's that's my thought process going into it um, and I want to know JL who were your five nominations JL for Best Ensemble again another one like Tenant Stunts where there is no you know Oscars won so you could pick anything so what five films had the best ensemble for you I regret saying to do inverted now so I would go first on the second one because I am oh my god it's going to be I'll a on the moment like, decision because go I've got two I'll go first <laughs> I'll go first I'll go first we change that okay I'll go okay, first okay. I have got One Night in Miami Baby Teeth Ma Rainey's Black Bottom The Trial of the Chicago 7 and Judas and the Black Messiah. So four films which you'd expect to probably get into a, an Oscars nomination kind of thing. Uh, maybe the only one that's like an outlier, I guess, would be Baby Teeth, and everyone knows how much I love Baby Teeth. And also the fact that, you know, all four major acting categories were filled by an excellent performance there, you know, for me, with Scanlon, with um, with with Toby Wallace, with Ben Mendelsohn, with... Oh, I forgot her name. Oh, it's just dropped down my head. The the, the mum <laughs> for for baby teeth. Uh, so yeah, that, that's why it's gone there for me. But what about you, Lewis? Uh, well, I haven't seen Baby Teeth. That's one of the few films that I haven't seen, so I can't speak on that. But I've got for best ensemble: Mank, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, De Five Bloods, Another Round, and Rocks. Ooh, oh, very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Ezzy Davis is the name I was forgetting. There's some oh. really interesting picks on that. Mank is a great pick. I don't even Mank think about Mank. Mank is a great shout. I didn't even think about Mank. Yeah, exactly. I didn't Same think of you. Mank as an ensemble, but then I was struggling to pick that fifth spot. And I was like, yeah. you know what? Gary oh, Oldman, Charles Dunn, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins. Let's give it to Mank. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, anything I'm... with Charles. I mean, if any opportunity to give Charles, Charles Dance a nomination for anything, I think it's one that, that should be taken. I'm not <laughs> going to change mine up, though. What about you, JL? It sounds like you're probably going to change your picks on the fly. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with my original five. 
Um, okay. The one I was debating putting in there, but I can't decide who to put it over, which basically means I don't think it should be in there, just about. Uh, the, the, the outlier by one is Rocks, um, which is a really, Ooh. really good pick. And yeah, I really want to get it in there somewhere, oh. but I just can't justify getting any of these other five out because they're all very good. So five my five rocks. ensemble picks is Judas and the Black Messiah, right. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, mm-hmm. One Night in Miami, Mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman and The mm. Trial of the Chicago 7. All the exact same as me, except Baby Teeth, which is obviously yes. different. So, I really wanted to be Baby Teeth, but on the strength of the amount of people that are in Oscar conversations and just how, you know, this is the like the definition of an ensemble film, I had to go for a film which I generally was pretty underwhelmed by. The Trial of the Chicago 7, because you can say a lot of insults oh. about the film, but you can't say insults to the the actors, the performances, I think, uh, you know, it was him, you know, obviously Sacha Baron Cohen will get all the uh, plaudits, whatever, I thought Mark Rylance and Ben uh, Yaha, Abdul-Mateen and Jamie Strong and even Michael Keaton when he's like 13 seconds in the film, uh, you know, so I think, you know, as much as I thought that film was pretty mid, I think that the ensemble was very strong, so Trial of Chicago 7 for me. What I, about complete, you, Lewis? I completely forgot that Michael Keaton was in Trial of Chicago 7. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I did forget until recently, and I was like, somebody tweeted out saying, like, do you think um, Michael Keaton deserves a Best Actor nomination, even though he was only in the film for four minutes because he was that good or something? I was like, <laughs> he was like, I remember him tweet, stealing but... the show, but now, after I've not seen it for like three months, I have no recollection of him being in it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. Future f- The Flash star Michael Keaton, that is. Okay, yeah. who are you going for potentially winning in Ensemble? But... Yeah, potentially not anymore. Yeah. Uh, my winner for Best Ensemble is Rocks. I think that Rocks, Rocks? is the definition of an ensemble film. It's so good, and the way that they all bounce off one another, that to me is the epitome of the best ensemble. Okay, interesting, interesting. I haven't seen Rocks because I have been, have never seen enough films. What about you, JL? Oh my god, this is impossible to decide. <laughs> I could just flip a coin five times, well, well, however many times I need to flip it. Um, Ten times. Do Trial seems like the obvious choice, as Sam said. That's why um, I didn't want to pick it. And Judas, I love Judas, but I think it doesn't have, I don't know, I think it's like two or three really strong performances, and then the rest are kind of a bit lesser. Four, four yeah. really strong performances. Who's the four? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, four, Jesse yeah, Plemons. Yeah. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. yeah. I'd say three or four, yeah. Um, My future I am going to go, winner, you know what Jesse I'm going to go for? It might be a slightly controversial pick. Right. <laughs> what are you going for? Silence. Drum roll. I'm going for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ooh. What an excellent choice. Can't complain okay. with that. Good stuff. I probably should have picked that, but I don't know why I didn't. Uh, but yeah. Just because <laughs> the one thing I think with that film is everyone seems so well connected and almost like it's kind of like Rock's level of chemistry, but the yeah. the actors don't know they don't actually necessarily know each other. Whereas like one night I may feel like there's a bit a bit more of a disconnect between I agree. You know, people who should maybe know each other a bit better than they do, and it maybe doesn't cross that they do as much. So, Marini, I'm going to go for Marini, yeah. 
Okay, interesting, interesting. I actually regret not picking Marini, but it's too late. But we have to move on to one that took me ages to decide, and I nearly nominated loads of films on, on in, in score. Um, I nearly nominated Rebecca at one point. I nearly re- re- nominated Emma. Uh, so I guess I'm gonna have to go first actually again because I just said two films I'm not. So I'm gonna go first actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so I didn't pick those films. I nearly picked Ammonite, uh, but I went for uh, Emil Maziri for Cajillionaire. Amanda Brown for Baby Teeth, Daniel Pemberton for Birds of Prey, Ludwig Granson for Tenet, and Benjamin Walls- Wolfitch for The Invisible Man. Who did you go for, JL? Uh, I've been very irresponsible and I haven't written names down. Um, you are trying to I can, cancel I can, the I can, I can remember most of the names. I can remember most of the prayers. names there. Uh, right. So Daniel Pemberton, I have for Enola Holmes. Really? The same guy at The Birds of Prey? Yeah, I'm Madness. pretty sure it's Daniel Pemberton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know, I don't um, know, I don't know. Emil Masseri for... <clears throat> Emil Masseri for Kajillionaire. Nice. Ludwig Göransson for Tenet. Alexandra nice. Desplat for The Midnight Sky. And then right. this is where I've forgotten the name of the person, so I apologise. But I'm going with, maybe controversially, An American Pickle. <laughs> oh, for oh. fuck's sake. How is the Amer- An American Pickle getting... We are... Oh. Any credibility of the Now Show podcast and the alternative Oscars has gone down the drain as you nominate an American Pickle. No. Okay. American Pickle is nominated for Best Score. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what you it still has a nomination now. Okay. It might have to. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis have you nominated an American Pickle? Uh, not for this. Best okay. Picture. <laughs> best, no, I'm exactly, joking. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have nominated Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor for Seth Rogen in his two roles in, <laughs> in American Pickle. Uh, I have nominated as well Ludwig Göransson for Tenet. Right. And then I've got um, Volker Bertelmann and Dustin O'Halloran for Ammonite. Mm-hmm. And then um, the person who scored Time, the documentary, I don't have their name and I'm sorry to them. Um, and then I've got Julia Holter for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. And the person or people who scored Wolf Walkers. Okay, yeah, I heard a lot of good about Wolf Walkers score. I have not heard it. Um, but it's yeah, very yeah, different. That... It's very strange. Oh, really? I liked it a lot. Mm. Okay. Um, I was thinking that maybe this would be a sweep, but I'm not sure if it will be. Because I have... We'll see. I reckon J.O. has got, got the same as me. I have Ludwig Göransson. Which I think is the best score of the year for Tenet. Yeah, I also have Ludwig Göransson for Tenet. <laughs> the best score of this decade so far. Okay, moving on to Lewis. Do you, is it is this a clean sweep? It is a clean sweep, obviously. We've I think it's one of the best scores sweeps. of the decade. It's wow. impeccable. The best scores of the decade. You I, that has I been can't won, believe won it's not nominated in the real Oscars. Yes, no, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah excellent, excellent score. Uh, and it's, you know, Chris Miller knows how to pick scores. Uh, Absolutely. You know, and, and yeah, Tenet, Tenet up there with, with some of the best. And yeah, the fact that he didn't get nominated is ridiculous. I, if it had got nominated, I would assume that it would have been probably winning, but obviously it didn't. Yeah, but for some reason, out of nowhere, Soul is just sweeping everything and Tenet is getting nothing. And I'm just Yeah, I, mean, so I did devastated. have Soul myself, I think. I, think I, I love Soul. I love Soul's score. I just think that Tenet is just so much better. I saw it when I saw I it in IMAX. So My seat was literally shaking when the score yeah. was going on. I think for it me, Soul so is the only... Yeah, I think for me, Soul is the only thing that comes close to Tenet. 
this year or this past year. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the fact that Ten of the Year get nominated is a complete just snub of the century. Yeah, I agree. Mm. I think it's so strange because this time last year, I remember everyone saying that the two people that would be competing for the Oscar would be Ludwig Göransson for Tenet and then Hans Zimmer for Dune, who was going to score Tenet yeah. but couldn't, and neither of them were even nominated. And obviously Ten- Dune isn't out yet, but Tenet is just... Ugh. I can't yeah. believe it's not nominated. I mean, they were talking about... I remember a lot of talk for, for Hill with the Energy, but they didn't get nominated either, did it? Did it? Hill with the no. No, because I remember yeah. before it came out, everyone was like, oh yeah, because... It wasn't even shortlisted, and... was it? I think he, I think it was shortlisted. It was shortlisted, no, it but I don't think okay. it was nominated. Um, but yeah, as I said, as Hans Zimmer goes, I think that was one of one of his his more forgettable works. Anyway, I didn't think that film was scored very well, but I think it's partly due to the editing, and maybe the bad placement of the song. But anyway, moving into the kind of semi-related category of sound. Now this one, I haven't got any people. Um, no, I mean you. Yeah. Okay. So let's start off with JL this time. Okay, sound. This is where my. I mean, we've all you know you've se- you've seen the likes of American Pickle and uh, and the Hunt popping up uh, in uh, in my nominations. This is this is where some other maybe slightly eye raising eyebrow raising. I've only got one weird pick I think on the whole thing, and that's in best nominations actors. are gonna come in. Okay, sound. I have Tenet, right? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, right? And then this is the three maybe no one expected. I have She Dies Tomorrow. Blow the man down, and unhinged. Um, I haven't heard of two of those films. Uh, what? Are, what? I haven't. What are those two films? Which she dies tomorrow and blow the man down. Yeah, I've not even heard yeah. of those. You've heard them, Lewis, right? You're a true film connoisseur. Oh, uh, I'm. I'm ashamed to say I haven't even heard of them, let alone seen them. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what they are. Okay, Blue Man Down is a prime original film released March 2020. Um, it's kind of a sea, seaside town thriller mystery film about two sisters. Uh, right. Very good. And She Dies Tomorrow is now on Netflix in the UK. It's not a Netflix original or anything, though. Um, and it was one of the films nominated at the Whiskies for Worst Film, or, Be- or the Boozy Award. Um, oh, really? Oh. But yeah, She Dies Tomorrow, it's directed by Amy Simetz, I guess I say it. Um, so, awful film, but great sound, is that what you're saying? No, I think it's a good film. I don't, okay. I don't know why so, we're going to make the, the, whiskey award, the, the boozy award yeah. at the whiskey. We're adding you rest of music you're driving. Bad decisions, apparently. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, Lewis, what do you have for sound? Uh, I don't have quite as many obscure picks as that. I've got The, mid- yeah, the Midnight right. Sky lots of space noises and everything um mm-hmm. the five bloods ammonite um the 800 and obviously how could i not nominate nomadland okay well uh, i'm sure you'd be pleased to hear that uh, nomadland gets a uh, nomination for me too oh good uh judas and the black messiah tenet ma rainey's black bottom and the invisible man oh nice did you think the invisible? I thought I thought you might pick the invisible man because I thought it sounds quite good, Jail. And that's one of your. I think kind of... there was other categories it was more favourable in, and also with with this, uh, Numberland was my sixth choice. It was originally my five, but I took it out just because when I was thinking about, it, I was like, is it is it my personal favourite, or is it just is it in there for sentimental and obviously um, 
you know, there's, there's a few reasons why it was in the conversation for the Oscars. Um, and it didn't immediately stand out to me as one of the stronger parts of, of, of Nomadland, so I didn't uh, end up putting it in my five, but I can definitely understand and um, you know, appreciate why, why it's in there. We did the uh, the podcast with... Uh, who, what was the guy's name? Will Maverty. Will Maverty. Uh, a few weeks ago, about our reactions to the Oscar nominations. And we said, oh, and I heard you two saying, oh, you know, Nomadland, you, you would have thought that in the situation it would have been picked and so that. I spent the whole time going, what, what was the situation? I had no idea, and I didn't know about any of it. And I know you were, in the podcast that didn't come out, you said it as well, and I just forgot to Google it. And yeah, I only found out, like, a few days ago, oh, because the man that did the sound for Nomadland did did die uh, quite recently. So obviously that, that's one of the, the talks of, of, of why uh, kind of that's, maybe we was going to get into nomination when it originally wasn't supposed to, originally envisaged to. But... I do have his name as well. He is called Michael Wolf Snyder. And sadly, he died the day of the Golden Globes. That is that is very sad. That is I very know. sad. Uh, but obviously, you don't have him winning jail. But who do you have winning? Uh, my sound winner is below the man down. Really? Just so oh. you can be different and cool? No, no, no. <laughs> I think it had a very unique sound design. And okay, okay. Um, yeah, it just really complicated the sort of the tone of the film and and the atmosphere. So. Right, so that's on Netflix. Uh, Amazon. Amazon, that's on Amazon. Okay, I'll have to give that a check uh, to see if I agree. Uh, and you, Lewis? Uh, I, rather unsurprisingly, have Nomadland winning. I also have Nomadland winning. So, that's so, how uh, it should be. That's how it should what's be. What's the guy's name? Michael Wolfsnyder, you say? Michael Wolfsnyder, yeah. Michael Wolfsnyder, we posthumously award you with, uh, with the... Best the greatest, sound. The greatest uh, award show you can get, probably the uh, now showing award <laughs> alt Oscars. Uh, pick for best score for two of us. Okay. Best sound, sorry. Okay. So, you know, Madland won for some film that, that Jordan's made up. Okay, moving on to the effects. <laughs> we have. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll go first, shall I? <clears throat> I have Soul, Sonic the Hedgehog, The Invisible Man, His House, and Mank. Okay, solid nominations. JL, who do you have? I would have had Sonic and Welcome to Chechnya, but I haven't seen the films fully, and I didn't want to nominate films I haven't seen, so unfortunately they're not in my five. Um, So my five nominations for VFX are The Invisible Man, Mank, Soul, and then again, this is really going to throw me off the podcast, I have Bliss and Greenland. You have Bliss? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I like this. Um, really? Okay. It seems so like you were I... really struggling to get some picks. <laughs> Bliss? No, no, no. There was, there was other candidates that I could have gone for. Okay. could have gone for Birds okay. of Prey. Oh. I could have gone for... Okay. okay. For the slightly shaky camera and like the weird uh, like RGB you see on the screen for Bliss, uh, JL has, has got a VFX nomination. Okay, going on to What you... are you talking about? There's the whole multiple realities <laughs> intertwining VFX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. Okay. Lewis? I have, and I, at first I didn't think that this would be a big thing, but now it feels like it is. I have an American Pickle nominated. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I was really struggling in this category, and I thought the way that they did the, the two people was convincing. So, if I, okay, that, it's okay, got I'll, turn this, I'll turn it back. I got, I got something to add to that. If only we were here last week, I could have Gemini Man for VFX, eh? Oh. <laughs> I also have Mank, 
The Invisible Man. And I haven't seen The Invisible Man, but I've seen enough of The Invisible Man to know that the VFX are very, very good. Um, right. I have Soul as well, and I have Welcome to Chechnya. Okay, interesting. What do you think of Welcome to Chechnya, by the way? Because neither of us have seen it. Uh, I think it was really good, and especially the way that they used VFX. Very mm-hmm. good. Slight tangent. Uh, from yourself, on a personal level, not kind of what you think, Is there? do you think there's like uh, a definite favourite for you out of the documentaries? Um, no, I wouldn't say that it was a favourite, but it was... I think I would have nominated it for best documentary, but I don't think I would have given it the win. No, no, I'm saying out of the documentaries you you know the ones you've seen, is there one that you think that's my favourite? Oh right. Um, oh, that's a good question. What? Mm. I liked a love song for Latasha, which is I think that's documentary short. Yes. And ethical. collective as well which is nominated for Best International Film as well. That mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. very good. That was very, very good. I was a big fan of um, a concerto as a conversation. Uh, but anyway, anyway. Uh, just no, a VFX, when one. you talk, when, when Lewis was talking about having multiple people, you know, the multiple Seth Rogans, one of the <laughs> very early thoughts for me when I was thinking of VFX, because I couldn't think of too many, as, as witnessed by my nominations... Um, <laughs> one of the candidates I was thinking of was the Amazon comedy special Yearly Departed, because oh. the VFX they they filmed everyone's everyone's stuff individually and then VFX them together into the same room, and I oh. had no idea until the post credits like doc- I didn't know that until you just footage. said it. Yeah, it got it was it was all filmed. They all filmed their own parts socially distanced individually, and then they edited them all into the same room. Oh, that's cool. So, they did that with The Hobbit as well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's uh, my sixth choice. So, did, is we all done it? Have we all done it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, my winner was... It was a tough one. But I gave it to something that I think should was unfairly snubbed for the Oscars. I've given it to Mank because of the amount of Ooh. kind of depth and, and kind of the... The fact that it was so hard to tell is VFX, you know, and this, this isn't a bad thing, but obviously in other films like Sonic and Invisible Man, you know, you'd assume, you know, that's VFX. Obviously, you're like, okay, that's, that's VFX. But the fact that Max so convincingly uh, played off, you know, and, and sets as as real when they were really actually made during his VFX and, and a lot of the lighting done by VFX, I thought, um, not that that makes it any better, but I thought it was done so convincingly that that's, that's what gave it to me. So I gave Mank the, the nod. Uh, next up, JL, who, who did, what did you have winning? I have The Invisible Man, which is also snubbed at the Oscars. Also snubbed at the Oscars, yeah, 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 fair enough. Well, all of these stuff Um, obviously were, but I mean, yeah, just this was completely snubbed, like should have been at least nominated. Right. And Lewis? Um, I gave it to, controversially maybe, to Welcome to Chechnya, because I think the way that they used it is just as good as how it looked and I think that for me gave it the edge because I've seen all of the VFX in all of the other films that are nominated I've seen those kind of VFX before the way that they did it with Welcome to Chechnya for me clenched it at the end it's got to be surely it's got to be one of the like the because that did get the um, that was in the conversation it, it didn't it was in the, it, it got was shortlisted the, yeah. shortlisted got to be one of the only documentaries to be shortlisted like ever surely like can't be many that have ever been shortlisted for best visual effects i can't imagine so no but i just think it should, it should have been nominated for me it should have been nominated yeah. i think that's, that's fair comment i haven't seen it so i can't I think okay. but to be honest the invisible man and mank should have been nominated as well so yes yes 
Um, moving on to makeup, which is probably one of the ones that I knew the least. And I've got to be honest, there was a fair amount of kind of sexism from, from myself there, just looking through like, oh, makeup as traditionally women are just going to look at the female films, what films are, are led by, by, by female actors and, and such. And then, um, you know, so there is, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't claim to have any knowledge of makeup. That's just kind of my subconscious sexism, I guess. Um, so I'll, I'll start with you, uh, Lewis. What five did you have for makeup? Uh, for makeup, I had this is one of the categories that I struggled with. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I have Bill and Ted three, because um, right. they have the old Bill and Ted makeup and all mm. that. Yeah, and the strong man Bill and Ted makeup as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, the strong man makeup as well. Uh, and then I've got Birds of Prey, right? And First Cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking of new things, and Mangrove. Ooh. And what was the last one? Sorry. Mangrove. Oh, right, yeah. That's Steve oh, McQueen that, one. I just realised yes. there's a couple of things I've completely forgotten about that could have been in here. I uh, See, I, I didn't think about... Um, you know what, fuck it. I'm changing this. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fuck it. Okay, my predictions are short, well, nominations are always this order. I've not changed the last minute at all. Uh, <laughs> Birds of Prey, News of the World, Bill and Ted might face the music, which was always in there, Kajillionaire, and I'm going to throw in I'm thinking of any things. Okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought that, that was my, I said to you before we recorded, JL, that oh, I'll nominate Bill and Ted for something. It was makeup. What about you, JL? Oh, I feel like I to change mine. <laughs> and there's something that's popped into my head and I was like, oh, that's a really obvious pick. And then I'd completely forgot what it was. We're in a world day, mate. It's just, just, just get it out of here. Uh, so my Birds of Prey, Armonite, uh, Promising Young Woman, I Care a Lot and Rocks. Interesting. So we're all nominated Birds of Prey. Um, but we'll go to to, to Lewis. Um, we've all got nominated. Do you have it winning? Uh, I don't have it winning. I have, I'm have. i thinking of ending things winning. Very interesting. I have Birds of Prey winning. And what about you, Jail? I have Birds of Prey winning. So two out of three. Almost there. a sweep. Almost a sweep. A second time I've got two out of three. A gentleman's sweep, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't really work when there's only three people, though. Um, yeah, Birds of Prey, I, I thought, you know, the, the, the makeup and, and, and the hairstyling you know, was, was, was very uh, convincing. Obviously, I think superhero films, you know, have got a bit more leeway with that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very good. Um, so, moving on to costume. Now, this is really, really tough for me. And this is the only one where I, I picked things, films I hadn't seen because I'm aware of the costumes. Um... And we'll start for you, JL. What what did you have for costume? Costume, I have, again, I have Ammonite and Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. And then I also have Enola Holmes, News of the World, and The Prom. Okay. Oh. I have Ammonite, which is the, one of the films I haven't seen. The Personal History of David Copperfield, Enola Holmes, One Night in Miami, and Wonder Woman 1984. You know, you were saying, you were on the podcast before, you said about... Um, or well, on the podcast that didn't get released, we talked about how Tenet might get in there because they love suits, and the suits in one night in Miami are very, very nice. So I thought, okay, okay, yeah, it was shortlisted as well, right? I think was it? Oh no, there's no shortlist for costume. There's no shortlist for costume. Okay, so Lewis, uh, I have Wonder Woman 1984, right? Ammonite, First Cow, De Five Bloods, and Kajillionaire. Okay. Um, oh, maybe I should have gone Kajina. Okay, we've all got Ammonite in there. 
Do any of us have it winning? Do you have what do you have winning, Lewis? Uh, not Lewis. Sorry, JL. Uh, I have Birds of Prey again. Oh. Really? I didn't say I didn't even nominate it. I have a Nola Holmes winning. I have I I gave Ammonite the win, but then I changed it last minute and I've given it to First Cow. Interesting, interesting. I can't even say claim to really know what the costume design looks like in First Cow. Um, it's yeah, all very uh, old. It's um, what's the time period I'm thinking of? I can't remember the name of the time period, but it's kind of old American stuff, right? And it's good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Colonial, so, yeah. that's the word. Colonial right, okay. and Native American stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can understand how that would be there. And Enola Holmes, of course, you know, having all those kind of Victorian uh, outfits and such, and I thought that they did that quite well, and obviously adapting it so they could be actually fought in as well. I thought it was quite impressive. Yeah. And, and of course, um, Birds of Prey, you know, you, you pick that jail, that's uh, obviously superhero y and, and having those kind of out there costumes are obviously always quite uh, eye catching. Yeah, I can't believe I missed Birds of Prey. I probably should have nominated that over something. Yeah, I think that as well, actually. I'm also thinking that I've... That's the thing I remember that I just clicked in my head that I could have nominated in both of those categories and I didn't, and could potentially have been in there, was uh, Gretel and Hansel. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, we have production design. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tough, really tough category for me. Uh, and, And, yeah, Lewis, what have you got? Uh, I have Ammonite, uh, Nomadland, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, The Assistant, and Kajulina. Interesting. Well, See, there's two categories in a row where it's like, he didn't have done and I could have done Kajulina, but I didn't, because I fucking love Kajulina. The first time I watched Kajulina, I was like, this is so weird, this isn't for me. And then the more that I sat with it, I really enjoyed it. It was so good. I mean, when it comes to, like, I, I do the, my, like, our ranked lists, and I didn't put it that high, I think, but when it comes to, like, personal enjoyment and the amount I've thought about it, Kajulina has to be one of my favourite films of 2020. I just really, really, really vibed with it. It just, I thought that, like, that quirky writing of Miranda July, and I thought the performances were excellent. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I love that film. And I think JL, you know, I remember you said at the time, you kind of wanted to like it more than you actually did, and you, you didn't, you know, thought there was good parts, but it wasn't really uh, your kind of thing, and... Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a nice Maybe to be a, a fellow, uh, a fellow cajillionaire enjoyer on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I've got uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm thinking of ending things. Proxima, Anola Holmes, and maybe semi-controversially Rose Island. I have. What, that, what is going on? I have none of the same five as any of you. Really? <laughs> I have five completely different picks, and none of you. I have just said. thought, you know, Rose Island. You know, obviously you've seen it. Have you seen Rose Island? Uh, Lewis. No. Um, it's an Italian film that's on Netflix. Um, and, and they have to have, they've got this kind of big metal rig in the middle of the ocean. And they've also got, you know, you know the, the, the kind of machines and the cars and stuff he builds. I, I, and, and making that yeah. kind of that 80s yeah. Italy, 60s yeah, Italy, whatever it was. That's a good pick, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, as I said, semi, semi controversial. Proxima as well, and the other one that maybe you wouldn't think so much, but, you know, that film is, is so much about the realism and, and the set design and all that such. And they could almost sit in costume for, um, you know, they, they create that, that um, very real kind of NASA environment. I, I thought that was, that was excellent. Um, what about you, Joe? Um, have I been an idiot? And have I, have I, I think I've might have... You're generally quite stupid, to be fair. <laughs> I think I've nominated something here which has been, actually been nominated in the Oscars, so hang on. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I can't have done. I can't have done. 
Oh, well, wait, in, uh, so, Lewis. No, 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 I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I haven't, day, yeah? and then I was like, hang on, but this must have been nominated, surely, and it hasn't been nominated, so I'm glad, okay. My five, yeah. I have The Dig, Emma, Gretel and Hansel, His House, and Mulan. Interesting, oh. interesting. His House is one that just fell out of my top five, because uh, it was very, very good, and I've kind of put it in other places where I thought maybe that I thought would be slightly more appropriate. Of course, I already known it for VFX, um, but yeah, interesting, interesting. Very far, five completely different picks. Um, but what yeah. have you got winning, Lewis? Uh, I have given it to the assistant. I have given it I... to Proxima. I have given it to his house. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Three films that would would like these. This is a cat. These our choices are like all our wins are things that would never get us nominated for the Oscar, right? I, I think so. Also, yeah. I think. Just... I think. Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, you've nominated the assistant there, um, just as a little spoiler going forward. Unfortunately, I didn't nominate it for anything, even though I really wanted to. There was just too much competition oh, going forward. I looked mm, I, I was the same, but I've nominated it, spoilers for two things, production design and something else, because the way that they made the office feel claustrophobic, but like a normal office at the same time, um, I just think that was really, really good. And it has to be really good because it beat Nomadland and that's like my favourite film ever. That is true. When I see here as a nomination, I was assuming that's getting the win anyway. Yeah, I really wanted to give it the win because of Fern's van, the inside of the van. But, oh, I, I just couldn't deny that the assistant was better. How many times have you seen Nomadland? Three times now. Really? Yeah. I, it's thought, so I, struggled, good. I thought it was a good film, but I struggled to get for it once. <clears throat> I watched it in three such things. Okay, JL, what have you got for... Uh, what have you got for... Oh, no, is it me next? Oh, yeah, I already said Proxima. I uh, Proxima because, as I said, as I previously said before, you know, having that, like, space tech and stuff, like, that, that you know, and, and having, like, the... Having to create the, the this kind of tests and stuff that the astronauts go through, that, that's that got to be extremely, like... Yeah. So I, I went for that, you know. That I went for his house just because it's such an integral part of the film. Um, like the production design of the house and the, and the way it's constructed and just the way it kind of feels, it kind of feels like a character itself. Um, mm-hmm. I think my second choice would have either been Gretel and Hansel just because it's kind of very visually striking and Mulan just for the scale and the office and, and like the authenticity of it. Um, but yeah, his house was was the one that was always going to win for that category for me. If I yeah, I think I would go for Rose Island if I don't go for Proxima. Uh, hashtag boycott my line. Moving on <laughs> to cinematography. Ah. Uh... Okay, let's go. Uh, let's go me first, right? Okay, okay. cinematography. <laughs> I have. I'm thinking of ending things. Saint Maud, Malcolm and Marie, Sound oh. of Metal, and Pieces of a Woman. Anything okay. you're surprised at? Oh no, not really. I've only got one of those. Okay, got... which one of those do you have, Lewis? Two of those. I have. I'm thinking of ending things. Right. Which um. I don't know what I was about to say, so never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, so you got, well, then I'm thinking of anything. Uh, I've also got The Five Bloods mm-hmm. and then Tenet, which I'm surprised you didn't pick. Um, and then First Cow and The Climb. Yeah, I was definitely tempted to go for Tenet. Um, but, you know, I thought that maybe some of the, the visuals would look good for maybe some other reasons. You know, I think the editing was, was very good and yeah, that's I thought true. The, um, the VFX was great. I mean, it could have gone in there, definitely. Um, but yeah, solid picks. And what about you, JL? I have gone for kind of a mix of the two of you and then one of my own. Uh, I have gone with, perhaps controversially, I have left out, I'm thinking of ending things. 
My Scumbag. five. <laughs> my five is the Five Bloods, Saint Maud, Malcolm and Marie, the Climb, and oh. Gretel and Hansel. He likes this Gretel and Hansel film. This kid, mm. honestly, okay. the text, like all this sort of stuff, like production, costume, makeup, cinematography, was very, very good in that film. Okay, interesting. Uh, another one I haven't seen because I am a fraud. Okay, also the so... climb as well. Just uh... actually, no, I wait. I wait till we see that winners first. Okay, my winner was. And I really wanted to go for Peter Woman just because of the the tech of and the how. And especially for uh, for the acting as well, but for everyone pulling off that um that that long kind of one shots and and such that because yeah. around the the pregnancy scene, I thought you know that was excellent. Um, so that was definitely in my consideration. Uh, but I went for criminally under performing at the Oscars, underperformed at the Oscars. Should have been nominated for a million things, thinking nominated for anything. I went for Saint Maud for cinematography, my way. What about um, you, Lewis? Uh, I haven't seen Saint Maud because I don't like horror films. I can't. I just, it's not, not scary, not horror by the way. It is, it, it's not a scary film. There's no jump scares or anything. I just, I just don't do horror films. That's I, a lie. I wish I could. What a poos! Okay, <laughs> it's true. Uh, Trust my me, winner. it's not scary. There's no, there's no bits of it are scary. It's not a scary. There is a jump scare in Saint Maud. Don't lie. There's a jump scare in Saint Maud. Yeah, right at the end. Oh yeah, okay. It's the last frame of the fucking film. Okay, <laughs> um, okay, Lewis. What have you got, you big fucking baby? <laughs> Uh, my winner is the climb. The climb. Okay. The climb. A lot of long oh, takes. I'm... I'm a sucker for long takes, and a lot of handheld long takes. Love the climb. Okay, interesting. Uh, you said you wanted to, more, to, more, to talk more about the climb, and you were going yeah. to wait until uh, after the wins. Is that because you've got it winning as well? No, it's my. It just misses out. I have Saint Maud, Ooh. Ben Fordman. But genius. The climb is unbelievable. It is. Absolutely unbelievable cinematography. And it's a comedy as well. Whenever yeah. when a comedy is ever shot film, with like, long with... takes. Yeah. It's so there's good. So many, there's so many moments in that film that I just always think about. Like, if I'm thinking about films and I'm just thinking about cinematography, the opening, obviously, is the very standout, you know. It, yeah. op- it opens with that very long one take of the cycling, but that one scene where it goes around the ho- outside of the house and there's like an interactions in the party oh, yeah. and kind of like jumps between conversations as the camera pans on the outside of the house is incredible. It and is. It's so that good. That film is very underrated in my opinion and um, yeah, cinematography was excellent. Okay. Yeah. I hate to uh, to dwell on on, <laughs> on this subject but um, I just want to add that it's good actually, you know, you say about, you know, not being a bad fan of horror, big fan of horror films and, and not wanting to sit through and stuff. Um, it's actually very good that we've got the podcast because JL's the same and then I've made, forced him to sit through. I don't through. know about that. Well, You forced him to sit through the, the, the Woman in Black, which you didn't want to watch. Okay, historically, yes, but I've watched many for the podcast <laughs> and there's a many in this list, in this nominations. Okay. I'm the opposite. I yeah. just I just leave horror films, can't do them. I've had Saint Maud, Invisible it. Man, and his yeah, house winning. Invisible Mad's a horror. Oh, fuck off. Invisible Man's got horror. one scene which is jump scare. doesn't make it a horror. It's a horror yes. film. It's like people that say American Psycho is a horror. It's like, obviously it's not. <laughs> like, oh, anyway. Invisible Man's more of a horror film than American Psycho. Right. But then people say it was Psycho horror as well. I don't think Psycho is a horror. I mean, it's scary. Well, I think it is. Maybe. It's just because it was made in the 60s that it's not comparable to modern horror films. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. That probably I saw Psycho in the cinema last year. That was enjoyable. That's like saying, that's like saying the Get Out isn't a horror film. Yeah. 
I, mean, I have seen we're Get about... Out. That is one of have <laughs> that seen. That is a good film. That's a, that is, it can't, that is a horror film, I think. But it's not yeah, scary. Yeah, so sorry, it's the Invisible guess... Man then. Yeah, I guess we need to see scary films and horror films are not the same thing. But I wouldn't say, I think that The Invisible Man is, is a, a thriller through and through. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, talking, okay, moving on to editing. Yep. Um, let's go with uh, fucking Lewis. Editing. My, my nominees for best editing are Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, The Climb, Tenet, First Cow, and De Five Bloods. Okay. JL, what are your five nominations for... Te- uh, for I was going to say, what are your five nominations for Tenet? I don't know if giving away <laughs> one of my nominations. What are your five <laughs> nominations for editing? Well, if I have for editing, I have Tenet. <laughs> right, uh, that's a sweep for noms. Say again? That's a sweep for nominations, because I do as well. Yeah, Tenet, The Invisible Man, mm. Host, uh, The Hater, and Residue. I was really, really close to going for Host. Uh, I thought, you know, that, that, you know, having those kind of... So you have essentially the choice of four shots and, uh, like, be able to pick and choose who to have on the screen at one point. And that is quite a challenge for the editor, and I think that he pulled off very well. So that was nearly, nearly in there for me. But it missed out to Tenet, St. Maud, Jews and the Black Messiah, His House, and The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. So we share Tenet and we share The Invisible Man. Um, you didn't go for St. Maud, did you? No, no, no. Okay. Who do you have winning editing, Lewis? Uh, my winner for editing is First Cow. Oh, really? Interesting. Yours, for J- yours, Jaya? Tenor. Mine is two awards in a row. St. Maud. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. I thought the editing was very strong in that film. Well, do you want to talk a little about what, what made you compelled to pick First Cow? Uh, I think that First Cow is edited in a really weird way it almost in a way that makes you think it's edited badly but when you realize that it's done intentionally and for a reason it's really really good like they linger on a lot of shots for a long time like on side characters that have nothing to do with what's going on and at first you're like this is edited really badly but then you realize that it's done on purpose and it like subverts Mm. every convention of editing like it doesn't really do shot reverse shot it does shot and then lingers and then flicks back and it's just edited mm. really weirdly um so yeah. yeah i haven't seen first cow but i was thinking of the assistant in this category for a similar reason oh that's true but yeah um yeah i didn't i didn't even i didn't nominate that in the end and i haven't seen first cow but yeah yeah i think tenet is a very strong idea i think we can all agree on that one um, yeah yeah i think the combinations of all those different camera sh- angles of all those like fight choreography scenes and the the fact it's you know editing the pacing of it as well especially in those first yeah. 30 minutes where you have a lot of exposition to do and i and also read that the editor edited tenet so that exactly the halfway point is where they go through the turn style thing and oh, start really? inverting so it's edited very intricately as well yeah i think maybe the failure of of tenet at the oscars uh, and maybe the failure of something like the Birds of Prey, perhaps the Oscars, kind of just really speaks to just kind of how elitist, you know, the Academy really is. And I think they kind of yeah. see 
films that are seen for more mainstream audiences or action films and series films as poor because they're popular and poor because they're cinema and they're popcorn. And um, realistically, you know, they they have performances uh, both on a technical level from from people like the editors and cinematographers, uh, right down to to the actual actors themselves. They're up there with any uh, kind of Oscar nominated performances. But yeah, I think you know you're never it's always going to lose out to 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 the more Oscar. You know, the father is always going to do really well at the Oscars when Tenet's always yeah. going to fail and. Yeah, it's just uh, it's annoying, really. As I go through my nominations, I find Tenet popping up more and more. Um, mm. You know, and, and even if you don't like Tenet, right? Even if people don't like Tenet, there's a million films that that applies. There's a million films that applies. Um, yeah. As I say, Birds of Prey, even though you know I'm not, he's not, you know, spoilers. Margot Robbie ain't winning win Best Actress for me, but the fact that, that they didn't get nominated, things like makeup and and, and, and costume and stuff, I mean, it, it just shows that you know they don't want to go for what is seen as, as popcorn flicks. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's a problem. I think Tenet okay. was a lot of it down to the Christopher Nolan comments on Warner Brothers there. So. Yeah, Christopher Nolan political. kind of shot himself in the foot this year because he just yeah. like went off slagging everyone in the film industry off. And he was Very like, good on just him, stop, eh? Chris. Fuck that film industry. And that's my career down the drain. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Um, adapted screenplay. Now, um, there are, yeah, okay, another really hard category. Uh, I can tell everyone going on, so I'm going to stop saying that. Uh, and I'm going to start off and I am going to say, uh, I have unsurprisingly, uh, Baby T, which, which is Wait, I that, is got, adapted or original? That's adapted. It's adapted from a stage play, um, oh. which I have written down as Shannon Murphy, but it isn't that Shannon Murphy, is it? She didn't do it. Uh, let me just go check. It is written uh, screenplay by. Oh yeah, so Rita. Cal Kaunajice or something. I, I don't know exactly how to pronounce that, but that for Baby Teeth. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is Ruben Santiago Hudson. The Invisible Man, which is Lee Winnell. Cata uh, Weber, Pieces of Woman. And Charlie Kaufman for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. What about you, JL? Oh, I didn't know Baby Teeth was adapted, so that's kind of thrown me. What was it? Was, well, it in a do- was it in your original? No, it's, it was on my shortlist for original. In which case, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna amend my amend my adapted screenplay to have. Do you want me to go to Lewis? No, 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 no. I've got, I've got it, I've got it. I'm taking out news to the okay. world. Okay. So, um, originally I had I'm thinking of mending things. Marini's Black Bottom, News of the World, The Devil All the Time, and The Burnt Orange Heresy. But I'm gonna take out News of the World and put in Baby Teeth. Okay, that is the right decision. Um. Because Baby Teeth is the best film ever made. Okay, what about you, Lewis? Uh, I have First Cow by Kelly Reichard and Jonathan Raymond. And then I have The Climb by Michelangelo Cavino and Kyle Marvin. And I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Charlie Kaufman. And The Devil All the Time. And Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Okay. I have my winner is Charlie Kaufman for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. What about you, Jail? My winner is Charlie Kaufman for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Please make this a sweet man. I'm sorry, it's not a sweet. <laughs> it's first I give, it, I give it, no surprise, and I give it to The Climb. I thought that the way oh, The wow. Climb handled a really toxic friendship and did it in a funny way, I, I was impressed by the screenplay. Before we got on air, I said to you, JL, um, that my pick for uh, adapted screenplay win will maybe give a hint on what my original screenplay win will be so keep that in mind but um i'm thinking anything's i know it, it, it's definitely if you asked everybody for a worst and best 
adaptive screenplay, it probably fit an awful lot of those categories. I think a lot of people, it's very much, uh, on a screenplay level, it's very much uh, Marmite, you know. It, it's like, it very much depends on the, on the style and the way that he kind of treats the, the Kaufman treats the, the kind of, the true subject matter of I'm thinking of many things, which is only revealed halfway or, or towards the end of the film, the kind of the, the actual purpose of the film. Uh, the way he kind of, kind of sl- sl- uh, slimes his way around the way he kind of just just kind of gives you hints of what the film is about and, and thing I think uh, it's done in such a kind of st- stereotypically Kaufman way um, yeah. you know his kind of cerebral um, style uh, I just think it's, it's an excellent um, you know masterpiece in in screenwriting and I think I could say about everything as obviously watch Bring John Malkovich again this week um, but yeah so so I'm sure JL will, will agree with a lot of my comments there as, as, you know yeah, Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Basically, I'm I'm also um, happy to see the climb getting some attention from from Lewis and also the Devil All the Time, which uh, I didn't think anyone else would nominate. I know Sam's not seen it, but I didn't think uh, didn't necessarily think that Lewis was gonna was gonna go for that as even a nomination. So I'm I'm glad to yeah. see that that got some recognition as well. I think it's a very good film. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what what why did the climb win it for you? Uh, I was so close to giving it to I'm thinking of ending things because I do think that it's a, such a good screenplay but I mm. just like I say I just think the way that the climb handles a, a genuinely toxic friendship and it's so funny as well as serious and like upsetting as well because one of the characters becomes an alcoholic and like ruins his life and it's two people that genuinely ruin one another's life for years and years but it's so funny as well. And I think that's so difficult to do, to make something so serious, so funny. So mm-hmm. that just edged it for me. Yeah, I think on another day, I think, you know, um, for me, if you ask me this question every day, I think I'd probably about half and half say Baby Teeth or I think many things. Um, but, I, you know, I think... I don't know. I don't know. I think it's maybe the fact that I love, I like when I'm thinking about the screenplays themselves, something about that kind of style jumps out to me, which is why I think JL will be able to predict my winner. Moving on to original screenplay for my winner for this. Uh, my going to original screenplay, uh, Lewis, what have you got for original screenplay? What have you got nominated? I have De Five Bloods by Spike Lee. Um, Another Round, Thomas Vinterberg and Tobias Lindholm. Uh, Eliza Hitman, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Steve McQueen and Alistair Siddons for Mangrove and Miranda July for Kajalina. Okay, we share one nomination. Um, oh, I just realised something as well. You've, you've nominated Mangrove for something else, right? Yeah. I, can't I haven't what. seen the Small Act stuff, but I, I kind of avoided that anyway just because I knew that it wasn't Oscar eligible. Oh, isn't it? And now it's going for TV awards. Yeah, but you... Oh. Mm. Well, I I, th- I think we can count it. I mean, technically... No, no, yeah, it's fine, it's fine for this. I'm yeah, because technically I, I wasn't it. going I avoided... to... Yeah, no, yeah. I was just saying I've avoided watching it because I knew it wasn't Oscars eligible, so I didn't... I'm not oh, rushed to get off my watch list. Uh, technically, um, I mean, we shouldn't have had Rose Island earlier because that, that isn't eligible, but we have decided that the Oscars are stupid, so therefore things that are just <laughs> released on streams only are, are fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Okay, so my nominations are... Uh, Rose uh, Rose Glass for Saint Maud, Jack Fincher for Mank, Miranda July for Cajillionaire, Pete Doctor, Kent Powers, and Mike Jones for Soul, and Alan Ooh. Ball for Uncle Frank. What Ooh, about nice. you, JL? Uh, 
I don't have names for all of these. I'm sorry once again. Um, You're such an amateur, man. Well, I didn't know we were going. Through, I just thought we were naming films, to be honest with you. And then you this guys. This is your last in, podcast. You guys just come in with <laughs> Lewis. The, are you free every Monday? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, my original screenplay nominations. I have. I know a couple of, of the names for them. I know that my first nomination was written by Riz Ahmed and Bassam Tariq Mogul Mowgli. Oh yeah. Uh, Pete Doctor and I've forgotten the other writers. Ken Powers and Mike Jones. That one for Soul. <laughs> and then the other three I don't have names for is Saint Francis, The Hater, and Swallow. Interesting, interesting. Uh, what film called Saint was better this year, Jay? I'm sorry to say Saint Francis. <sighs> okay. Okay. Um f- who went first? You went first, Lewis. Who won? Um, for me, for its first win, Eliza Hitman for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Okay. So, I said that there was a bit of a hint from my pick for, for that screenplay. And so who's going to win original screenplay, JL? Uh, do, you, do you get that? Do you, have you, do you know who I'm going to pick? No, I'm so uninterested in your nominations that I don't remember who you nominated. Saint, Saint Maud, <laughs> Mank, Kajillionaire, Soul, Uncle Frank. What no, could Charlie Kaufman winning I'm Thinking of Any Things? What? Because I gave I got Charlie Kaufman for I'm Thinking of Any Things for, for Adapted, so what yeah. would that say about which of those five will win, should win? I don't know. Say Maud? I've gone for Kajillionaire, Miranda July, because I think there's a kind of through line of kind of that weirdness to it. I think there's that yeah, kind of okay. underlying level of maybe not being as literal as the film does, and I think that film's quite... Quite. De- I think that, that's the thing about Miranda July in general. I think there's this kind of more, uh, very basic level of uh, of the film. There's that very f- basic through line and that kind of all the, the um, kind of the, the underlying kind of deepness to it in the same way that Kaufman does. Would you would you not say that there's a kind of comparison there? No. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Now you've said it. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um. I have gone with you. You, you gave me a little opportunity to get in. Do you think I've gone with? Kelly O'Sullivan for Saint Francis. Mm, interesting. Mm. The second best Saint film came out this year. Okay, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I was very close to going for Rose Glass as well, because I think Rose Glass is just fucking cracking. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Um now we're moving into to the acting categories and this is this is exciting for me. Right. This There's so many options exciting. here. This is, this is yeah, that's that's not exciting. That's overwhelming and hard and <laughs> before we actually get into them. Um, was there one kind of particularly stacked or particularly hard um, category for you, uh, Lewis? Is there any one of these four kind of supporting actor, supporting actress, actor, actress? Was there actress. anyone that you thought was like, yeah, actress but jail was very difficult. Well. Um, actress was very hard for me, even when it came to the actual Oscars. And for this, I'm not sure why, but as I was going along, it kind of, kind of transpired that supporting actor became very hard to decide as well. I think actress for me is, yeah. Actress and supporting So, so... I swapped around so much. Um, and we'll start off with you, JL, for supporting actress. Who do you have supporting actress? Okay. So supporting actress and leading actor were two of the more straightforward ones. Still kind of difficult to decide, but uh, supporting actress, I have Talia Ryder for Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. I have Helena Zengel for News of the World. 
I have Chiara Bravo for Cherry. I have Margot Martindale for Blow the Man Down. And maybe surprisingly, because I couldn't think, I, I couldn't decide between like so many people, so I just went with one that I don't know was a bit different and stood out to me. Uh, Salma Hayek for Bliss. Oh, really? You have a Salma Hayek for Bliss? Okay, yeah. that's really genuinely just blowing me off my feet. I reckon I'm going to say one and you're like, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, I should have picked her. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. I have one Mima Saku for his house, which some people may have said act. I don't actress, think she's supporting, so that's why I didn't I, choose her. I, I personally would, would, would find her as supporting. I think she's very much the secondary character to, to set this area there. I uh, um, okay. Gina Rodriguez for um, Jadina. Okay. Zelie boulon Lemesle for Proxima, which mm. is a little kid. Isa Gonzalez for I Care A Lot. Oh, yeah, okay. And Gemma Moore for Host. I would Oh, we went for Gemma Moore for Host. I would have gone for Emma Webb, but I don't know. I guess it depends that, where you're defining the supporting and not supporting. That's why I thought you were going to be like, oh, that's a good pick. I thought you'd be like, oh, Gemma Moore, yeah. No, honestly, Isa Gonzalez is the one I'm thinking now. Really? Okay. She was very close to being my winner. Spoilers, she's not my winner. Uh, Lewis? Uh, mine feels much more basic because I had, like, there for me, there were 10 that I couldn't decide who should get the Oscar nomination. So I've pretty much picked those, four of which are quite expected. Uh, Talia mm. Ryder for Never Really, Sometimes Always. Dominique yeah. Fishback for Judas and the Black Messiah. Oh, my God. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Olivia Cook for Sound of Metal. Uh, Ellen Burstyn for Pieces of a Woman and Deborah Winger for Kajilina. I was very close to... Oh, we both picked Kajilina, but we went for a different Kajilina one. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, I was really close um, with with Cook and with um, Bernstein and with Zengel, but I just thought that the other ones kind of pushed out, especially with, with Zengo. I was like, that's a great performance from a young actress, but that isn't as good as another young actress. So that's why I went for, for Zelie boulon Lemesle for, um, for Proxima, um, which I'm, you know, as I guess is a film that most people probably overlooked. Um, and it got two nominations for me uh, and I won a win. Um, so uh, it was me first? Yeah, it was me first. Was it me first? I think so, yeah. Anyway, I'll go first. My win, I guess somewhat controversially, is Gina Rodriguez for Cajillina. Oh. Yeah. What do you think of that, JL? Uh, that's, that's fine. Okay, what did you go for? Um, oh, I'm so annoyed with myself. I can't believe I missed Dominic Fishback. I missed um, <laughs> Isaac Gonzalez. You know what? Even Dominic Thorne from um, Juice of Battle would have been probably better than Sam Hayek so I'm kind of annoyed <laughs> Sam, at myself Sam Hayek. well I guess it's Shane winning then <laughs> no she's not winning my winner this is a tough one actually I think the other four were very strong performances and I'm gonna go with Helena Zengel because I think she should have been nominated oh. the Oscars interesting 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 same one that just missed for me um, so am I right in saying that all of our winners oh, I haven't said my winner yet you haven't done your winner sorry I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My winner. Uh, I honestly thought that she would be nominated at the Oscars. Ellen Burstyn for Pieces of a Woman. Yes. Okay. It's a bit of a basic pick, but I just, I just couldn't deny. Couldn't deny. Interesting it. thing here. 
all of our winners weren't nominated for anyone else. We only nom- the only nomination for each of our winners was the person was the person that, that won it, right? We no- I didn't nominate Bernstein, neither did JL. She was my like, no one, oh, sixth yeah. choice. No one nominated Gina Rodriguez but me. No one nominated Zengel but you. Yeah. Zengel was my fifth pick, sixth pick. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. I mean, there's a couple of, yeah, you said them, but the ones I had written down that weren't in my top five were Ellen Burstyn and Saoirse Ronan. Um, oh, yeah, Saoirse Ronan. Talia Ride was my second choice anyway, so it didn't make a difference. Um, I'm never watching any film with Saoirse Ronan in it again. Sorry, I've got a ban on any film with Saoirse Ronan in it. But that ban <laughs> doesn't extend to Lisa Scanlon or Timothy Chalamet, though. So they you nominate Ammonite for many awards. <laughs> no, I didn't nominate her. Yeah, I watched the film, though. Doesn't mean I watched the film. Oh, I just disgrace. don't watch any. I don't watch any films with her in it anymore. Okay, so let's have a little talk. Um, so what what pushed? Well, I'll talk about Virginia Gina Rodriguez. Uh, for me, is that um, I think she, her, you know, someone that is very clearly a supporting actress, uh, manages to kind of completely turn the plot on its head in such a great fashion and kind of almost wakes the the audience up into kind of a whole different world and I think it's only when Gina Rodriguez shows up you realise kind of the awful situation that uh, the main character's in and I think that there's uh, that performance you know was had to be so strong for how important the character is in a kind of uh, awakening for for uh, Evan Rachel Wood's character, so I think uh, for the impact on, on the on the for, you know on the the plot itself and and the way that Virginia Rodriguez manages to to carry a lot of the, the scenes that she's in, and I just think it's an absolutely excellent performance from her, and that's what won it for me. What what prompted uh, you JL in, in, into to picking uh, who uh, Z- whoever Z- you Zengel. picked? <laughs> Zengel, yeah. Uh, I think I mentioned on the News of the World podcast episode, but um, just as a kind of a brief summary, I think. A child actor or actress, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use, um, you know, holding her own against Tom Hanks in, um, you know, a very high-profile Netflix film, um, and not only that, but also the way she managed to do that with many, many non-verbal scenes. Um, yeah, I just think, I mean, this is kind of maybe a, a prelude going forward, uh, for my best actress, um, winner, but um, I think performances where you don't have to necessarily have tons and tons and tons of dialogue and you can still communicate so much is um is such a high you know it's just an incredible skill and i think zengel did it very well opposite uh tom hanks and yeah and she should be and, a hint to me yeah. but I, that hasn't given me much of a hint and um well i can say that with that description i'd fuck definitely not zendaya okay <laughs> so uh, what, what prompted you to go for Bernstein? um Lewis. uh for me it was just that i just I think Ellen Burstyn gave such a good performance as, like, the relationship between her... I can't remember the characters' names because the film as a whole wasn't that interesting. But um, yeah. the the relationship between her character, the mother, and Vanessa Kirby, it was just so realistic and so good. And she's such a legend that I just... she it, The fact that she was... I don't even know what I'm saying now. <laughs> it's just Vanessa Kirby was so so good, but Ellen Burstyn for me just stole every scene that she was in, and was just, it was so clear that Ellen Burstyn was such a veteran actress and who knew what she was doing. I I just got the feeling that she was the one who was driving every scene, and it was like Vanessa Kirby was keeping up, and she did manage to keep up. So I'm not saying Vanessa Kirby didn't do as well. I just think. Ellen Bernstein really 
drove every scene she was in. And for me, it was such a good supporting performance. Especially, I think it's like that scene in the in the dining room, or um, you know, when they were standing on the table, and I yeah. think it's the dining room when they, when they had that kind of that that big open conversation. That's really when you know, if this was um, an Oscar winner, that's one. You know, you say there's Oscar winning performances. That's kind of that moment went for her when she she really really uh, shows shows I guess her experience and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely an excellent pick, and and didn't get in for me, but it was definitely would have been just outside. Okay, moving across the the sexes to the best supporting actor. Now, this one was one where I really struggled because like, there wasn't that many that I thought were really that worth it. Kind of the opposite way uh, I have problems with it. So, like, actor, I was like, there wasn't that many supporting actor performances that really made me go, that's amazing this year. I felt the um, same way. I've mm-hmm. got I've got a list of <laughs> honourable mentions to read out because I think there was some very good performances in supporting roles. Let's start with you, JL, again. Uh, we'll go okay. with you, shall we? We'll start with you. What were your... your... I'm going to read through my honourable mentions first because okay. just so you can see the, the the comparison to best actor, which I'm going to talk about shortly, how the, the sort of diversity and and sort of number of performances. Um, so supporting actor honourable mentions: Chadwick Boseman, David Strathairn, Ooh. Christopher Abbott, Bill Murray, Mick Jagger, Robert Pattinson, Bo Burnham, and Peter McDissie all miss out. Mick Jagger. Yep, he was in Burnt Orange Heresy. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was such a weird performance for me. I couldn't. It was get such a high on his He was very heresy. good in that role. Okay, I didn't know. He that. was good. Okay. He was just very Mick Jagger, and it was just very like weird. I think he played the role that he was given very well. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. The five for supporting actor, I have Aldis Hodge for One Night in Miami, Alan Kim for Minari. Glyn Turman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mark Rylance for The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Ben Mendelsohn for Baby Teeth. Interesting. Uh, some overlap. Uh, I have Mark Rylance for The Trial of the Chicago 7. I have Ben Mendelsohn for Baby Teeth. I have Bill Murray, one of your uh, honorable mentions, for On the Rocks. I have Peter MacDissie for Uncle Frank. And I have Glyn Turman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. What about you, Lewis? Uh, I have none of the trial people, none of the One Night in Miami people, and none of the Mark Rainey's people. Wow. I know. Wow. <laughs> I have um, Charles Dance in Mank, Alan Kim in Minari, uh, Richard Jenkins in Cajillionaire, Michael Angelo Cavino in The Climb, and then I really struggled with the fourth spot, so it's almost ridiculous that I've done this, but I've also nominated Bob Wells from Nomadland. <laughs> Wait, is uh, that the guy who uh, gives the, the speech about the road and stuff? Yeah, that's the guy with the beard at the end who gives when, the okay, monologue. One thing I will say before we go into winners is when people are saying David Strathairn's being nominated as like a potential candidate for supporting actor, I honestly thought that was David Strathairn. <laughs> <laughs> And then I googled it, like, and obviously, like, the Oscars run up, and I was like, oh, that's not David Chaffin. David Chaffin's, like, the guy that she, like, speaks to a lot. I was like, yeah. oh. Honestly, I thought Bob Wells was probably stronger than David Chaffin, so, yeah. I agree. That's why I, that's why I gave it to him over David Strathairn. You know, you've actually, you've thrown a spanner in the proverbial works here uh, for me, and that's because maybe I should have put in Richard Jenkins. I'm at last minute. It's not making a difference because he's not winning it. My, I'm changing. Glyn Turman, you can go fuck yourself. I thought you preferred Cormund Domingo anyway. 
I'd said that, but then I realised like, oh, I watched uh, I, I like watched a bit of it back, and I was like, actually, nah, I messed it up. Like, I actually think that, that it was better. She's like, you know, I okay. Don't know. But I'm I'm swapping out Glenn Herman for Richard Jenkins uh, and Katrina. So that's another one. Actually, I'll go for that. But my winner, who I can't, you know, my memory ain't great. I don't remember who started. Wait, hang on. What were your What were your five again? You had you had Mark Rylance, Ben Mendelsohn, Bill Murray, Peter McDissey, and Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Now I'm surprised I've you didn't go for one night, to be Richard Jenkins. Who do you have winning jail? I have drum roll. Ben Mendelsohn for baby teeth. For baby teeth. Ridiculous pick. What? I have Ben Mendelsohn for baby teeth. Oh, I thought you said, thought you said it was ridiculous pick. I was like, what? I did, I did. It was a little joke, a little Josh for you. Hey. Uh, the uh, the tone uh, of voice didn't quite come through in the old Discord call. Richard Jenkins, man. That's really funny. But yeah, he wouldn't have won over Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, and I'll talk about my reason for picking Ben Mendelsohn in a second. But first we'll go to the list. Who do you have? Uh, my the winner Blankish made five, is... uh, five minutes in No Man Land. It did. It, it upset me to not give it to Bob Wells. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I went with Michelangelo Cavino in the climb. Lots of crime, uh, crime, <laughs> lots of climb love for you. There is. So, I loved the climb. So a little, yeah, little bit about uh, what is what his performance meant to you, and why you think it was better than the rest. Well, he plays obviously these two people who are two real life best friends who wrote this together and starred in it together and directed it. Um, they play these toxic friends. And Michelangelo Cavino particularly is very, very funny. And I won't say any spoilers just in case, but um, something happens that basically ruins his life and he becomes a depressed alcoholic and he tries to recover. And it's the way that he portrays the alcoholism and his recovery from the alcoholism and his toxic friendship is so real. Um... But again, it's so funny as well, and he brings such humour to it. So uh, I, I went with him. It was a very close between him and Charles Dance, but uh, he clenched it in the end. It's funny because I'm actually, you know, quite a Mank fan, um, and uh, I think, you know, I don't think the film was half as bad as people were making it out to be. And I never really saw Charles Dance's uh, performances like, yeah, that, that's kind of great. But he was a very good performance actually. I just think. I don't know, it never really stood out to me, maybe because of the, the relatively small screen time. Yeah, um, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously, Charles Dance is excellent. Also, partly, I don't know if this is, sounds a bit stupid, partly it does feel like Charles Dance perhaps does play the same character and everything. Um, yeah, I, I kind of get that. He kind of is Charles Dance, but yeah, great performance as well. Uh, ben Middleton, for me, I, I, I guess I... I could talk for an hour about anything that happens in Baby Teeth. Uh, ben Mendelsohn is such an important role in, in that film. Uh, ben Mendelsohn, you know, playing the dad of, of a dying child and trying to always uh, kind of work out what's best for her and, you know, maybe what, what will make her happiest and, and what she wants regard and how that actually maybe stacks up with the reality of the situation and the 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 mixture of compromise and grief um mixed with the pleasure of those last trying to enjoy those last moments i think um you know it was a really much like generally something that really needed 10 out of 10 performance and uh, having a kind of fairly uh, you know got a new a, a young first director um uh, you know a, a you know a new you know never never um made a film before and her and and a screenwriter who who hasn't is known for her work um, and having kind of two really young stars 
you know the performance of Jesse Davis is of course important, but Ben Millison, you know, is that crucial, crucial role in in kind of being a veteran presence and that that old head, you know, and, and kind of anchoring it down with with a really, really emotionally driven uh, performance that really accurately sums up the, the thoughts of, of such a unique but but tough situation that that, that man's in. Uh, just 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 beautiful, just absolutely excellent. And that that for me, I, I think it's for quite a few things, but that for me, you know, that that's better than than anyone's nominated for supporting actor. In um in the real Oscars um just just an unbelievable performance for me and, and it obviously you know a film I hold very near and dear to my heart. What about you, Jay? What what is it? Do you kind of agree with what I said, or is there anything specific about? about yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously Ben Mendelsohn. I think um in that film he plays such like a warm and caring like father figure, but also plays that kind of also the protective and more defensive role of a father figure as well very well, um and just plays the kind of like the trauma of the situation and, and how he kind of looks to protect his daughter, but also knowing, you know, that the ultimate fate and the inevitability that's, that's going to come with the trauma and the grief. And he plays all those different facets so well in that film. Um, and yeah, I'd say he's like, kind of like almost like a, yeah, he's just like a very, he's obviously like a central figure in, in the film and compared to some of the other roles that I've nominated and some of the other ones that could have been nominated. I think he has such like a large role in the film as well that he maybe stands out a bit more as well. What, is there anything sexier in the world than a, uh, an Australian accent, eh? <laughs> Moving on to Best Actor. Now, I don't have a fifth pick. I mean, oh, do I? I don't know. Actress. We're an actor because actress is so hard. So we're going to okay. leave actress for last okay. because, of, because of how I think. Okay, Lewis, who you got for Best Actor? For Best Actor, I have... Uh, John Magaro or Majaro for First Cow. Um, Sean Parks for Mangrove. Sorry that it's not eligible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. Bit of a weird pick, but anyway. And then the two locks that, like, I genuinely am upset that they got snubbed. Mads Mikkelsen in Another Round and Delroy Lindo in De Five Bloods. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of speak about um, Mads Mikkelsen and, and the chance he was going to get the Oscars and whether he should have, and, and so many people before it raised that performance. Um, and I'm assuming that J.O. has him as well. Is that right? Uh, so, two honorable mentions quickly. I have Tom Holland, The Devil All the Time, and Klaus Bang for Bernard and Charity. Uh, my actual five. I have Andy Sandberg for Palm Springs. <laughs> interesting. Wow. Delroy Lindo for The Five Bloods. Mads Mickelson, another round. Mm-hmm. And then my final two, I have Paul Bettany for Uncle Frank and Elio Germano for Rose Island. I have Elio Germano for Rose no Island. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were all fucking smart, eh? Yeah, I have Elio Germano for Rose Island. I have Paul Bettany for Uncle Frank. I have Soap Desiru for His House. I have I guess no. Most people probably won't go this. John David Washington for Tenet, and I have in Tenet. fifth. I have Toby Wallace for Baby Teeth. I wasn't sure him or Tom Hanks, oh. but I've got Toby Wallace oh. for Baby Teeth. GDW was close for me on both films, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it over those performances. Yeah, Tenet. I think John. David- I don't know. It was close for me um, between his two performances as well. Um, but when you said Tenet, I just assumed it'd be Malcolm and Marie. 
not Tenet, when you yeah. said John David Washington. Yeah. I, I think, actually, yeah. I did this list like two weeks ago and I haven't written down the film next to it. Maybe I did want it from American Memory. <laughs> <laughs> but I think for Tenet, though, you've got to take into account he had to learn all the fight choreography forwards, backwards, fighting forwards, fighting backwards. That's true. I just all think in Tenet, he gave like stunts. a... In Tenet, I just feel like he gave like an action star career-making performance rather than an Oscar performance. This but he was still good, Oscars, so dude. I can't, this is the can't disagree. Oscars. That's true. <laughs> it's a geostorm. <laughs> it's a geostorm. Okay, so, you know what? Fuck Lewis. I'm going for John Lewisman for Tenet. I'm not changing it to Malcolm Marie, even though his performance to Malcolm Marie was probably better. I'm going for Tenet anyway. Uh, it doesn't matter because he ain't They're both good. They're both yeah. good. He's a great actor. I, th- I, I, so, ah, oh, I was music driving tweeted out the other day, like, who would be a great James Bond? And then I was like, John Day Washington. Like, for me, that's like instant, that's like a perfect fit. And they're like, no, he'd be great as another character. No, he wouldn't. He'd be great I as James fucking Bond. I saw someone say Riz Ahmed the other day. For James no, Bond? I do think Riz yeah. Ahmed would be a good James Bond. Nah, I don't. I, I, I don't Bond. know, I'm torn. Nah. I'm torn. I'm torn. Think, uh, that guy is not. I'm not getting intimidated by fucking Riz Ahmed. <laughs> well, when, you watch, like, fucking Riz Ahmed. when you watch the old Bond films from like the 80s, are you really intimidated by like a 60 year old Roger Moore? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Craig is not exactly the behemoth of. <laughs> Daniel Craig is absolutely ripped, dude. Yeah, but Daniel Craig I'm is sure, a. I'm sure Riz Ahmed could walk up Riz Ahmed is not sexy. Riz Ahmed's cool. Riz Ahmed isn't sexy. I don't know. Anyway. Let's let's pick our winners. <laughs> oh yeah, speaking of Riz Ahmed, I couldn't put him in here because Sam conned me. <laughs> what do you mean? He was already no one ever best actor. You can't give him twice. Yeah, but it's a different film. I don't, don't care. care. It's still the same actor. It's not. I wanted to nominate right. Lakeith Stanfield in leading because he should have been nominated in leading. Yeah. So honourable mention but to Lakeith Ahmed, Stanfield. Mogul Mowgli is my winner, but I can't pick him because Sam can't, wouldn't let he me. Got, he, he's literally in the conversation best actor and he isn't sexy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we ever... Lewis, did you already do your best actors? Uh, I've done the nominations, but I've not said the winner. Right. Who won? Who's winning? Uh, Delroy Lindo for The Five Bloods. Okay, interesting. Who have you got winning, JL? Um. Oh, sorry. Winning Mads Mikkelsen for another round. Interesting. Ooh. I have Soap Deziru for his house. Oh. Paul Bettany was just behind. I expected yeah, a Delroy Lindo sweep. There. Did you? I did. Right. Mads Mikkelsen should have been nominated. Both should have been nominated. So, uh, why do you have Delroy Lindo winning? Because he gave the best performance of the year. <laughs> he should have won, well, let alone better, be nominated. Best performance of the won. year. Yeah. You really think so? No, this isn't like a, a condescending. Like you really think that you do? So you honestly think that was the best performance than Anthony Hopkins or Terry Bozeman that have been talked about? I think. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. I think maybe apart from Anthony Hopkins, Dora Lindo easily gave the best performance of the year. Easily, it's mm. so so good. Into Five Bloods. When I first saw that, I was like. That's the best actor winner for 2021. Locked. No questions asked. And then he's winning and not getting nominated for nothing. It's an absolute travesty. The fact mm-hmm. that Gary Oldman, like I loved Mank, loved Gary Oldman in Mank, but Gary Oldman over Delroy Lindo, really, I just, I can't believe he wasn't nominated. 
he should have he shouldn't be allowed to be nominated here because he should be winning the actual Oscar. He's the way that he does the the, the way that he conveys the PTSD and the emotions and the regret of his character is so so perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and what, why do you have Mads Mikkelsen? Uh, I think he's the perfect actor for the role. He brings a very serious tone when he needs to, but also very light-hearted, comedic, fun, energetic performance. Um, so you know those dance, those dance sequences that have been plastered all over Twitter. Um, you know, you can you can definitely see the energy and and the sort of vibrancy in his performance. But there's also moments of real sort of regret and and sort of conflict and more serious tones in his performance that come out in his family dynamic and his relationships with his friends and later in the film after a after sort of a, a more sort of sad tragic moment uh, in the film you know he kind of conveys the joys of life but also the sadnesses and and so on so on i think he's just the perfect actor for the role um of the film and yeah i'm i'm back to before i think him and darwin Lindo were snubbed completely at the oscars and and should have been in the conversation at least to for the nominations. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think Mads Mikkelsen was perfect for another round. I went for Sector Zero for, for his house, and I did that because uh, there's two performances here by Sector Zero, really, because he kind of plays uh, this role of, of someone who is kind of that, that kind of, he's a horror horror role of, of the, the truth, the emotion and the fear and the grief that, that comes through the loss of his daughter. Um, and, and the grief that he feels because of events that occurred leading to that and, and the kind of horror elements he's, he's, he shows real uh, genuine fear and, and anger and regret you know it's such the, the all the, the, the wide range of emotions and that he, he carried that so well and, and is, is you know the absolute you know a plus for that on a horror level and on an emotional level and he also kind of simultaneously plays the other side of the same character in um, when there's kind of more realistic scenes and there's kind of scenes outside of of him feeling um, you know he's an, he, he migrates from from uh, war-torn uh, I think believe it's Sudan if I, if I remember correctly uh, to, to Britain and the kind of uh, the judgment and and some of the racism and some of the uh, and the kind of feeling of being an outcast and 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 feeling not wanted um, and and being subject to to prejudice, uh, you know I think he that side of the character he he pervades in such a realistic and and hard hitting manner. You know I think you know he, he this film was, was never going to do well. Uh, this film was just a BBC film that went, went on Netflix uh, on the Halloween and it was never going to do do well. So I don't exactly saying it's a snub or anything, but I just think for me you know that was one of the most emotional performances in the year. I wouldn't put it up there with, with Chadwick Boseman's. Uh, you know, I think Chadwick Boseman was unbelievable. But, you know, I think, you know, if, out of the ones that didn't nominate, Top Zero is an excellent, excellent performance. Okay. You thought about, you watched His House 2, uh, Jail? Did you agree? Did you think Top Zero is great? I think Top Zero and Winry Masaku were very good performances. Um mm-hmm. I don't think just because of, as you mentioned, the nature of the film, I don't think they were ever going to be in big awards conversations. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, I can fully get on board with you nominating both of them. I personally would put Wonder Misaku in Best Actress over Supporting Actress, but I can also see why you would put her in Supporting. Yeah, um, I think it's because she's so clearly the second character to Soaps, I think. I don't know, there's a lot of like moments in the film, though, where her, her own grief and her own sort of regret is the central driving force of the plot, so I would Yeah, perhaps. They they put Lakeith in in best act, in supporting actor, yeah, so yeah. I can put uh, I can put uh, Mummy Saker in this supporting actress. Have you seen his house? Oh, you don't like horror films? 
No, I haven't seen it, that unfortunately. Like but I have heard a lot about it. That sounded like I was in the piss. Like, hey, hey, you watched it? <laughs> That's not what I meant. But uh, I wouldn't tell you again, you're a poos. Okay, moving on <laughs> to Best Actress. The super stacked category. The really hard this is... one. Yeah. And whew, shall, I, shall I Shall I? start? I'll start. Okay, so my honourable mentions go to, and it re- really hurts me to not put her in, Evan Rachel Wood for Cajillionaire. She she's at my uh, in my honor mentions uh, excellent performance as uh, the always memorable memorably named old Dolio, um, but yeah she just misses out for me. Zendaya was originally in my five. And I think she puts an excellent performance in for uh, in Malcolm and Marie, but just misses out because of the strength of the performances. Uh, my nominations are Eliza Scanlon for Baby Teeth, Morphid Clark for Saint Maud. Jesse Buckley for I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Imogen Poots for Vivarium. That's a little bit weird, aren't they? Isn't that weird? And Elizabeth Moss for The Invisible Man. So I guess, so um, Imogen Poots getting nominations all around then? Yeah, for sure. I've not even seen Vivarium, but she's in there. (laughs) Not for me. (laughs) Uh, Have you seen the film? No. (laughs) Okay. Um, Lewis. Give me a five. Yeah, this was the most difficult one by far. I had about 20 and I had to <laughs> narrow it down. Most yep. of yours were in my shortlist. Um, yep. <laughs> but the ones that I settled on were Kate Winslet for Ammonite, uh, Bucky Backray for Rocks, Sydney Flanagan mm-hmm. in Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, Han Yeri in Minari, and Julia Garner in The Assistant. Ooh, so not a single shared nomination. Uh, JL, tell me you have Jesse Buckley. Oh my god. So I share a couple of noms and I share a couple of things on my shortlist. My shortlist is so long, man. Morphe Clark's on there. Elizabeth Moss is on there. Cindy Flanagan's on there. Elisa Scanlon's on there. Julia Garner's on there. Also on the shortlist, Elizabeth Debicki, Kristen Milioti, Jessica Roth, um, Rosamund Pike, Andrea Riseborough. My five for best actress. Wait a second. Uh, also, I'd like to say, yeah, actually, I forgot to say, yeah, uh, Rosamund Pike's on my shortlist. Mine what too. was Elizabeth Debicki best actress in? Um, Bernard Charity. Oh, uh, I thought you meant Tenet. I was like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. <laughs> Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen okay. Bernard Charity since. My five is Hayley Bennett for Swallow, mm-hmm. Jesse Buckley for I'm Thinking of Ending Dub. Things. Just yeah. about got in. It was a yeah. very, it was a last minute thing. Big dub. Kay Winslet for Ammonite. Yeah. Kelly O'Sullivan for Saint Francis and Zendaya for Malcolm and Marie. Oh, Zendaya releases Scanlon, man. Your film yeah. pass is being revoked, dude. There's so many good performances <laughs> in this category. There are. <laughs> As a surprise to absolutely fucking nobody, my winner is Eliza Scanlon for Baby Tea. <laughs> What is your <laughs> best actress, Lewis? Uh, my winner, it was so difficult to pick this, so difficult, but I ended up on Sydney Flanagan from Never Really Sometimes no! Always. No! <laughs> Lewis, what are you doing? We talked about this. I know, I, it was so close. I know who you picked almost certainly, and it was so close, but I just had to give it to Sydney Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> I looked down. I went to go talk to say to you. I said my thing. No, Lisa Scanlon. And I went to go ask you. And I looked down at Paul Bettany's name. And I went. I was literally just about to say. And who did you pick, Frank? <laughs> 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 who 
Who did you pick, Frank? Who did you pick, Paul? <laughs> Who did you pick, Jordan Luke McDonald? Who did you pick, Vision? Um, I picked, as a surprise to absolutely fucking no one, Kate Winslet for Ammonite. Yeah. You say that, I thought you were going to pick Hayley Bennett for Swallow. No, I mean, I said this before. I mean, yeah, they kind of maybe fit the same category, but when I talked about Helena Zengel, um communicating so much with so little dialogue, yeah. Kate Winslet is like the epitome of just physical performance. And yeah. she was always... Like, when I saw Ammonite and, and I was... When I first saw it, I was like, okay, Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet, they're getting nominated. That's locks uh, when I first saw it. And then mm. Saoirse Ronan kind of dipped off a little bit. Uh, for me, but Kate Winslet since then has always been my number one um, in that category, and I'm still very sad that she didn't get any awards love this season. I am too. I think she should definitely have been nominated. Yeah. And Hayley Bennett was also my second choice. She was very, very good. And Zendaya third. Zendaya third? You stink, dude. Okay, Zendaya was, was nearly my final, actually, so I guess I can't mean too much. Um, so you were angry at, uh, at Lewis. Um Yeah. Do you no, think no, I was joking? You were angry. You no, it's because it's because we discussed on Twitter the other day, and I was like, Kate Winslet, I was like hinting to him, like, oh, Kate Winslet's going to win my best actress. <laughs> yeah, and then he he agreed, and then he, he's, he's last minute. I watched Never Really Sometimes Always, and it was just so good. Did you watch it after? Did you watch it for the first time after? Yeah, I only was it yesterday or the day before I watched it. Yesterday, uh, okay. I think. But um, before I watched it, Kate Winslet was winning. Very closely followed by Bucky Backray for Rocks. Bucky Backray was also on my short list as well, I forgot yeah. to mention her. But then um, when I watched I'm... Never Really, sometimes always, it was just Sydney Flanagan should have... I'm kind of yeah. sad I watched Never Really, sometimes, sometimes always after the likes of The Assistant and um, St. Francis, just because I think I preferred the films of those two overall. Maybe not The Assistant, but um, definitely St. Francis I preferred. So Sydney Flanagan was always going up against... Um, Kelly O'Sullivan, who I thought was exceptional in St. Francis, so it was a tough one. It's weird Image of One Poots getting nominated for me, actually, because Vivarium was a really mediocre film and I was a bit annoyed with some of the events. Um, I think maybe it was better than some people gave it, made it out to be, but I wasn't really a big fan. But that's a bit like you say, you know, like just because the film's better. Image of Poots in that film is absolutely excellent and puts in an absolutely world-class performance, but then maybe because the film, maybe people forget that she was that good. Um, yeah, but just, just other than aside. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know how there's some confusion over Elizabeth Debicki's, like, which performance I was talking about? Right. Um, Rosamund Pike was actually for uh, Radioactive. No, I'm joking, she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Okay. So why did you pick Sydney Flanagan, Lewis? <laughs> so you got Paul now. <laughs> um, I just think it was such a, a a sad performance about something so serious, and she she was so desperate and upset and devastated at so many times. But then there were moments of like euphoria where she almost forgot about her problems, and then the final scene just got me. Like when I won't say what it is for reasons spoilers and other things but um the way that she conveys like all of the emotions on her face and the scene from the trailer where it gets its title never really sometimes always where she's having a questionnaire virtually most of the way through that the camera is just on her and you just get her reaction and it's that's another example of someone 
acting and giving a great performance with very low dialogue. And obviously that's just one scene. She has a lot of dialogue throughout the whole film. But yeah. it's it's so, so good and so real. And I think the thing with that film is, for me, I was trying to think where, to, where I could place it for nominations and wins. And there's so many moments in the film that I really like, but I'm thinking... Okay, is that is that under screenplay? Is that under like editing, cinematography, under the performances? Like, there's I think Talia Ryder's performance for me was actually the stronger of the two, which might be a bit controversial. Um, oh. But I think I think there's a couple of moments involving the two characters together, which really, really very impactful. Um, there's a moment where like they hold hands at one point, and it's very, yeah. very emotional and very meaningful. And I was like where on earth do I fit this in? Like, where do I put that in? Because it's a screenplay moment, but it's not dialogue. So, like, I don't know. It, it was, like, a tough one for me to call. But, yeah, I think very two very strong performances. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, I guess I'm going to echo a lot of things I said before. Um, Asa Scanlon uh, in Baby Teeth, uh, my best winner. But this is one of the ones where, before I'd even written nominations, I knew he was going to win. Before I even started this, I knew he was going to win. Um, you know, that that character, you know, we talked about how hard it is for uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character to relate and deal with the actions of, of his daughter. His daughter himself being, you know, maybe the, the well definitely the most important character in the film and and Lisa Scanlon uh holds her own uh, really really you know up there you know beating people um double her age for me here you know she the the sickness and the the main thing actually is is the romance that first romance that that teenage romance is just so well done it's just absolutely impeccable um this is Easily for me the best performance of the year for for actress including including Oscars, um, you know for me uh, just you know one of my favorite performances. If someone said to me name a great acting performance, is the first one that comes to my head right now. Uh, you know she just she shows that that romance mixed with kind of that ma- massive kind of shadow looming over her, the the elephant in the room of her cancer. Um, just just beautiful, just beautiful, beautiful film. Um, Remember me again? I'm never gonna watch a film with Saoirse Ronan, but Elijah Scanlon's your best actress. I said that at the time. I said I still watch films with Timothy Chalamet and Shorter Ronan, but they weren't the main character in that awful, awful, unspeakable film. Okay. She she was just a side character that died or something. What film are we Much talking like about? She, I'm not Little saying women. Name. I'm oh. not saying the name. Sam hates um, Little Women. Sam is <laughs> disgraceful. Best die fucking rector, boys. Mm-hmm. Who are we going for, Lewis? This is the... Well, no, it's not. It's the second hardest one. Oh, this is stacked. Especially picking my winner was the most difficult thing. So I've got Spike Lee into Five Bloods. Then Eliza Hitman for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. Michelangelo Cavino for The Climb. Sarah Gavron for Rocks. And Kelly Reichard for First Cow. Interesting. I have Shannon Murphy for Baby Teeth. I feel like I should Rose watch Baby Teeth. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's That's okay. the one thing it's, I'm taking it's, it's away from this is that film. I should probably it, it's watch Baby Teeth. I'd say <laughs> the one thing is yeah. forgettable, yeah. <laughs> Shadow Murphy for Baby Teeth. Rose Glass for St. Maud. Charlie Kaufman for I'm Thinking of Many Things. Now, those three were locks. Then, then there was two of the next three. Darius Marder for The Sound of Metal. Rob Savage for Host. And the one I left out that I was really close to putting in was George Seawolf for Marini's Black Bomb. But I went for Darius Marder and Rob Savage. Uh, what about you, Joe? No way have we gone for Rob Savage. Okay, 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 okay. 
Who's from the Rob Savage? No, no, no. Hang on. I've gone for Charlie Kaufman, Regina King, Sarah Gavron for Rocks, um, Rob Savage for Host, and right. Florian Zeller for The Father. So Ooh. why is this ridiculous? I went for Rob Savage. You picked him as well. Because I'm surprised you picked him. He's so fucking well. It was extremely well directed. I'm just very surprised that you picked him. Well, I did. Like, Sarah Gavron and Rob Savage were the two I was thinking no one's going to have them two. <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked him. And okay. He's I'm not like... winning, though. What about you? Who's winning then, Lewis? Oh, I, there's literally a looking at my page. I've got three stars next to three people because I can't decide. <laughs> 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 um, I'm going to go with... Oh. I'm going to go with Eliza Hitman for Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. No, I'm it's not. Too... I'm going to go for Kelly Reichard for First Cow. First Cow. Sure? Yeah, First saying... Cow. Okay. Yeah. Marvel and Gunner, just, just get out now. Why are you picking her First Cow? It, first Cow is a really weird film. Um, and it's so, like, gentle, but weird. And it's so, so good. It's so well written. And I know this is direct category, but it's so well written in the way that the director who also wrote it, probably why, uses the screenplay and chooses where to put the camera and very much like Zack Snyder, she uses four or three aspect ratio. <laughs> and um Nice. <laughs> it's uh there's lots of like static camera moments, but there's also a lot of movement in the camera. And I think normally a film picks one or the other. And in First Cow, there's lots of both. Like, it'll move into a position and stay there. There's a lot of um, one takes, but there's also a lot of quick cuts. And uh, it's very soft and gentle and quiet. And the way that she keeps you engaged with it, that's something that keeps you engaged with something that's so slow is is really very impressive and i didn't expect to feel this way about the director after i came out to have seen it but um after i've sat with it for a while it, it really was one of the best directing examples of the year interesting um okay uh so kind of similar to the way that you kind of picked editing it's kind of the, the creative um storytelling techniques and yeah. i think they're very linked together yeah, very okay. much. And in kind of a similar way, in, in some ways, um, much like for the third, it's third win of the night, in a kind of relation between editing and directing, I've picked Rose Glass for St. Maud. Shannon Murphy was so close. Originally, when I first watched I'm Thinking Anything, I thought, man, you know, this, this is kind of best director material. Um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of on now a little bit in my mind. I really want to pick Shannon Murphy, but I think, um, realistically, Rose Glass managing to mix together that that excellent um, balance of, of the kind of two realities in which Maud lives in. Um, I think that's done so well. And, you know, that's, it requires the, the importance of the cinematography and the editing. But I think, you know, orchestrating it all together, I think that's excellent from Rose Glass. And um, I think, you know, it's, it's, to have a first film to have a director debut like that is just absolutely impeccable. Um, really, really uh, tough job. And I think it's done so well and, and presents this, this very coherent story of, of the two, the two Maud's uh, Saint Maud and, and the kind of the normal person I forgot her real name but um, yeah I thought ex- excellent excellent for most class and she deserves to win there uh, what about you Jay Hell who do you have winning and why 
Oh, this is going to be an interesting one. I've gone with Rob Savage. See, okay, good. I like that. So, so I went with Rob Savage because it's a film which almost the director kind of just blends into the fabric of the film. It kind of becomes so invisible. It, it's it's a film that's on Zoom, right? It's it's four mm-hmm. or five, how many friends talking to each other over Zoom, a Zoom call. Yeah, and so yeah, so it's a ho- yeah, host. It's kind of like unfriended, but far better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is the best way of describing it uh, in no no uh, derogatory way. Um, in a similar sense, um, uh, Lewis, that I described to, to people, um, uh, Baby Teeth as the fault in our stars, but good. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so Bob Savage, like I mean, compared to other nominations like Zelda and Kaufman and even King to a degree, you can kind of feel almost like the director is like obviously with Kaufman it's very much in the fabric of the film and like very obvious like you can see it whereas like Savage kind of more blends into the film and I think to be able to do I was going to say it's his um, directorial debut but I believe I just letterboxed and just to double check that and there's a 2012 film called Strings which I'll have to check out um but yeah, for a, for a director I hadn't heard of before to have a film which I didn't have too much expectation of based on the genre going into it, you know, to be made during um, the pandemic and to be filmed remotely for the direction to be done remotely for, you know, the film to be assembled and edited and pieced together with all the different camera angles and having actors, you know, having to do their own stunts and... Um, I just think the, the to be able to do that for a, for a, a pretty fairly unknown director, and to produce a very very engaging, intense horror film, which um, as you know, I typically haven't been a fan of horror films, but I thought this film was very very good. I think it's going to be a film which we look at, look back on in five ten years and go, wow, that was you know a really really good example of the genre, and um, you know especially given that it was that it was produced during the pandemic. Um, I think the direction was impeccable, um, especially considering as well, like a lot of the actors were unknown, basically all of them were unknown as well, to be able to get very authentic performances out of them. Kind of comes um, back to why I nominated Sarah Gavron as well, because directing friendship groups almost seems easier than directing like big name actors who don't necessarily know each other very well and haven't worked together before, because it's like, oh, the friend, you know, they're, they're going to all they got to do is be themselves but it, being able to translate onto film is, is such a hard process and, and you know having people act like themselves is almost even more difficult than having them act like someone else um, mm-hmm. so I think yeah Rob Savage for me was, was uh, the best director certainly the most unique job um, of all of them I, uh, it's a very unique uh, task that you had to do with, with the Zoom horror and such so yeah I can understand why they got that um, yeah I can understand that uh, that's why I nominated him Going on to probably the most fun and most stupid category, we've got worst picture. Let's just hate on professionals for a minute, shall we? Um, <laughs> Lots we'll of people's hard work went into these. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll start off. Um, okay, I want to preface this. There are two bad films in this five. I think, can't think of any films that are that bad that I watched. Maybe because I was only watching films of the podcast. Maybe it's because I'm hopelessly uh, positive. But I've got two bad films here and three films that aren't that good. So the two bad films, right, are Hillbilly Elegy and Rebecca. Right, those films are genuinely shite, like really shit. Then the three other ones I went for are Project Power, The Dig, and The Old Guard. The okay? Dig? The Dig. The Dig. It's just so fucking boring. You could not, if you gave me 40 quid, I wouldn't sit through that film again. You're Jesus Christ, man. that's boring. Wow, The Dig. You're the Dig. You're a disgrace. Right. Isn't The Dig yeah. about 
Um, isn't the dig about the same woman that Ammonite's about? No. Oh, I thought it was. Never mind. That's no. Have you mad if it is? Have you seen the dig? Um, yeah. Ain't it, for, ain't it forgettable, though? I wouldn't say it's forgettable. Oh, and if I called you up in a year's time and said the dig, you'd be like, what? The what? There's <laughs> no, no chance. It's got six BAFTA nominations. Oh, who gives a fuck? The BAFTAs? British. Anyway, <laughs> JL, who what have you got? Worst picture I have. Hillbilly Elegy. Horizon Line. Max Ooh. Winslow and the House of Secrets. <laughs> the Old Guard. <laughs> and Two by Two Overboard. <laughs> okay, please... I'm begging you, Frank, Paul, whatever your name is, give me a sweep for Hillbilly Elegy nominations. Yes, it's sweeping. Boom. <laughs> we officially say fuck the right. Okay, yes. what do you go for? Uh, I'm, I'm struggling because I thought we had eight nominations for Worst Picture because we did eight nominations for Best Picture, so oh, I'm just yeah, trying to yeah, narrow it down. Some. Okay, give us your eight anyway. Give us your eight. Give us your eight. Uh, my eight. I'll start off with the two that I kind of tacked on the end: Mulan and New Mutants. Uh, yeah, and New then Mutants I... was pretty close for me as yeah. well. The dig was definitely worse than New Mutants. No, no it wasn't. No. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> no chance. Uh, then I've got Capone, the film I mentioned earlier, that was just right. dreadful. Then Doolittle, the one with Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> well, that was them, yeah. that was horrible. And then Downhill. Another dreadful film, a Will Ferrell comedy that was the least funny thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, then I've got Hillbilly Elegy, and then Music, Sears film that I didn't want to dignify by calling it a film, but it mm. has to be in there. And then After We Collided. So, um, oh, after we, after we collided, I'm not actually watching. Um, what's the controversy with Sears film? Because there was some controversy around it, but I, I'm unaware of it. Um, the, it's the depiction of autism and people with autism. That's it, right? Yeah. So I didn't remember that. It's okay. bad. Fair enough. Okay. I don't know if you've seen this film, uh, Lewis, but JR has it. But my winner for worst picture, easily, I mean, easy. It's like never was going to doubt Rebecca. Oh, I can, I can understand that. I have seen it, yeah. It is just fucking yeah. shit. And I really feel bad for Lily James. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't really feel bad for Lily James because she wasn't actually <laughs> good. I actually, the person I feel bad for is there is actually a genuinely good performance in Rebecca. Uh, and that is uh, the, the, the performance of, um, what's her name? Uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Kristen Scott Thomas. Yeah. Right. I agree with who, that. Who was genuinely good. Uh, and, the sound, and, the, and the score ain't bad. But it is Army, Army Hammer who, you know, at the time oh, we didn't realise the full details of, of the man's private life. But even, yeah. you know, in, in, this is the podcast I was talking about, Rebecca, awful, awful performance. If there was a West actor, I hate to hate a professional, but just genuinely awful performance. Um, badly directed, badly, you know, I don't. it just felt like you were coming at, you know, one of, you know, the only film that, that Hitchcock ever won an Oscar for. Um, and you're coming at it with, with a, an angry rod and just poking it, trying to get money out of it. It, it was... Uh, so poorly adapted it didn't have the same charisma or intrigue the original film did it leaves half of the plot to the last 20 minutes uh, at which point you stop caring uh, genuinely an awful awful film and i can't say about many films as i'm quite positive i generally feel think rebecca is a dreadful dreadful film one of the worst films i've seen in a long time so what's your worst picture jl 
Um, this film is a film I've seen people say, oh, it's so bad it's good. This is not so bad it's good. This is just awful. Um, my winner for worst picture is Max Winslow and the House of Secrets. <laughs> right, I've only heard about this because I've heard you hate on it a few times. <laughs> what an absolute abysmal film, which the main, th- the main thematic through line of the film is that trauma can heal trauma, which uh, is not necessarily, you know... Something we'd expect to be hearing in in you know cinema in 2020. Um, it's just an awful film. The VFX pretty bad. The performances, basically all of them are awful. Uh, characters are very stereotypical cliches of like teenage American teenagers. It's just absolutely awful. I don't understand how anyone can give this more than like a one and a half. I get one and a half. I think that's very lenient. Awful film. Do not watch this film. I was I was kind of surprised that you didn't go for uh, Charles Charlie Seven after following your Twitter account, uh, Lewis. Oh no, I don't hate Charlie Charlie Seven. <laughs> I just don't think that it's your anywhere Twitter near account, the same level. <laughs> your Twitter account is a mixture of Nomadland love account and Charlie Charlie Seven hate account. Not most of the time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay, so who did you, but who did you go for? Um, this was difficult for me because I hated a lot of films. Um, music. I almost went for music. But I was trying to think as objectively as possible, and the cinematography and music is quite fun. It's quite colourful, so I ended up giving it by a mile to After We Collided, which okay. is not just one of the worst films I've seen this year. It's genuinely was the, right. I need to dis. I need to discuss my ordeal with this film because it wasn't just an experience. It was an ordeal. I went to the cinema to see something because I was bored and after we collided with showing so I just booked a ticket I didn't know what it was went into the cinema and sat on my own sat on, um, on my own at the back and then slowly it started to fill up and it started to fill up with a very specific demographic of <laughs> groups of 15 year old girls and yeah. it was I felt I felt uncomfortable <laughs> um, that, that, you've just described the experience that surrounded me when I walked into Little Women. Oh, come on, so <laughs> that regardless of my thoughts on the film, even I get a five, a five out of t- a five, or whatever, a ten out of ten. When I walked into Little Women, it was I went with my mum, right, and I think I was the only person. I was the only. I was the only bloke there, right? I was the only bloke there, and the uh, the women consisted of mums of fifteen year olds and fifteen year olds, and it just packed the cinema. So <laughs> that's yeah, exactly on. what and happened. That's the problem, and that's the problem. I'm a sexist. Yeah. I'm a sexist. Is that simple? <laughs> um, so then I was like, "This is a bit weird. Why is it exclusively groups of fifteen year old girls?" And then it started, and the first thing that came on the screen was Wattpad Studios. And I was like, oh, that's why. Oh. This is a film that's based on some fan fiction that some sexually frustrated middle-aged woman wrote. And it's, tr- it's, it's one, direction one Direction fan fiction. Yeah, fiction. It's One Direction fan fiction. And it's it's honestly the worst thing I've ever had to sit through. I would have so... left. I would have left, and which I never do. But I had shopping bags with me and I didn't want to have to stand up and like rustle the shopping bags. Um it, the dialogue is honestly disgusting and horrible. Like one of the the main character, which is based, <laughs> which is based on Harry Styles, is um, <laughs> he's a very edgy teenager. Like you know that kind of he wears leather jackets and ripped jeans in right. every single scene, yeah. and um, 
he enters a house party at one point. And just so to clear things up, we're all familiar with the popular phrase, look what the cat's dragged in, right? Right. Everyone knows that phrase. It's a very common phrase. Someone says to him, oh, look at you, look what the cat's dragged in. And because he's edgy and different, he doesn't just go, oh, hi. He says, what does that even mean? Why the fuck would a cat drag me in? And what oh, the fuck? Yeah, it's dreadful. <laughs> and not only and the acting, the acting is terrible. Honestly, some of the worst acting I've ever seen. And the overall message of the film, like on a serious level, is genuinely quite dangerous because obviously the demographic for this is 15-year-old girls and the film is about a borderline abusive relationship um and a toxic relationship and it's all very romanticized and like oh i love him but he loves me yeah he stalked me to a different state and found my hotel room and barged in while i was with another man but he did it because he loves me and it's oh god i could honestly talk about this film for Weeks. So it's, it's about dreadful. it's between it, it it's between supposedly between two different One Direction members. So Harry Styles and who? Oh no, it's uh, Harry Styles, and then that his love interest is a projection of the sexually frustrated thirty-year-old woman who wrote it. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, okay. yeah. Therefore, I think I might have to try and go around to some some um, some production companies with my me and JL's fan fiction that I've written. <laughs> oh god I'm intrigued to read that one no it's, 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 it's a it's sequel smart. as well though isn't it it's a sequel as well it's not even the first film oh, oh yeah, yeah it is yeah. a sequel and that's another yeah, thing right. I didn't even know that it was a sequel going in so I was yeah. even yeah. more lost than most the funny thing about after we recorded is I went to watch a film and I can't remember what the film was and I was sat there and I was like the only person in the cinema and I can't remember what film it was I was watching but these two girl, teenage girls walked in and sat at the front. I was like, I can't remember what the film was, but I remember thinking, like, based on what film it was, I was like, what? like, I don't think they're necessarily the, like, the demographic of this film. And then they turned around to me, like, five, ten minutes, because it's like, this, the screen hasn't even come on yet. And they turned around to me and they go, is this the screen for after we collided? And I went, <laughs> no, that's screen ten or whatever it was. And then they just walked out. <laughs> I was like, I, nice. nope, I'm not watching that film. <laughs> nice. I like to say that Brand, uh, aka Brandon, our frequent guest, has seen all of the, have seen both of the, the collided films, and is no. very angrily oh. about them. I believe his like mates made him watch them. They are um, horrible. I, they've already green, they've already filmed the third one, and they've greenlit a fourth one. How how are these? Oh. I mean, the kissing booth still getting these. made. I'm gonna so. watch them one after another. Huh? The kissing booth know. is still getting greenlit. So. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. The kissing this make. Uh, honestly, after we collided, makes the kissing booth franchise look like the Godfather franchise. <laughs> after we collided, yeah. is so dreadful. I could honestly talk about it for hours about just how laughably horrible it is. So that's Netflix's podcast. Okay, moving on to best picture. <laughs> this is uh, the big one. Eight categories. Um, eight. Eight categories. Eight nominations. Uh, and we'll start off. We'll start off with you, Lewis. Uh, what are your eight for best picture? My nominations are. I'm thinking of ending things. Tenet, mm-hmm. another mm-hmm. round, first cow, never rarely, sometimes always, the climb, the five bloods and rocks. Okay, okay, we share a couple. We share. I'm thinking of ending things, and we share Tenet. Oh. I have. My other ones are Baby Teeth, unsurprisingly, Soul, Cajillionaire, Super Snub, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Saint Maud and Uncle Frank. Oh, interesting. What about you, JL? 
Oh, I was very controversial, and at the last minute, I decided to take out Ma Rainey and One Night in Miami. No, um, I don't have One Night in Miami. So my eight is another round. Baby Teeth. I'm thinking of ending things. Saint Francis. Soul. Swallow. Tenet. And the Invisible Man. Ooh. Interesting, interesting, interesting. There's a few I thought you'd pick, and there's a few that I thought you wouldn't pick, and I got a few wrong. Um, you know what? I know we're not to be doing it in reverse order. I guess we'll start off with me because it's the obvious one, right? Everyone knows I'm going to pick. Yeah. No, I'm picking Uncle Frank for this picture. Everyone laugh. Okay, I am picking Baby <laughs> Teeth for best picture because I've said wow. many reasons why it's a beautiful film, it's an excellent film. It's my favourite film ever made at this point in my life. Maybe I'll change my mind in the future, but right now I think it's my favourite film. Uh, and yeah, beautiful story, beautiful performances, excellent directed, uh, um, very heartfelt story, made me cry a few times, uh, very personal story, excellent music, um, and yeah, just um, I've already said my reasons in my other answers, uh, just an absolutely excellent all-round performance i can't find many flaws in it uh what about you uh jl my best picture winner is tenet oh really i was not expecting that at all talk to me about tenet i love the film um it's no secret i really love christopher nolan and i think the first time i saw tenet i was like a bit thrown thrown by it. I was like, that's not what I expected. Um, and then I've seen it subsequently two times in cinema. I own it now on 4K and Blu-ray. And I don't know, it's just a film that I think always makes me think. It always challenges me even after I've watched it three times. I think, you know, it's still very challenging to think about the just everything that went into it. All the production design, the choreography, the acting, the editing, the writing, the just the entire genius of Nolan, the thought process of actually constructing the world that went into Tenet, and the visual effects, the score. I just think every single, you know, if Tenet could have been nominated in basically any category it was eligible for, and I would have been very happy and think, yeah, it deserves it, because I think it's just a very, very... I think it's very much ahead of its time. I think in, as I, as I said before, with hosts, I think in like five, ten years, maybe even longer, people will look back on it and it will be the film that shifts the most in people's perceptions in terms of Nolan's filmography. Um, I think it's very much ahead of its time. So, yeah, Tenet's my best picture. Very interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Um, what about you, well, Lewis? This was, again, like I did for best director i've got three stars next to one but i've decided on this one unlike the last one my best picture is the climb interesting wow. yeah i've gone for a comedy for best picture which doesn't happen um no. again i just think normally when you watch comedies they're shot in a very unconventional way in a very conventional way like it's just very normal adequate and the comedies in the writing and the acting um and there's nothing special about the directing or about the cinematography or the editing or anything else um but with the climb it was so like i say it was done in a series of long takes and it looks so good and it's so it's it's such a roller coaster it's so funny and so upsetting and heartbreaking but then it's heartwarming and it's nice and it's horrible and it's just 
it's such a roller coaster of emotions and it feels like a best picture winner for me which i watched all of the others and i was like yeah that, that could be nominated but the climb was the only one where i thought that could genuinely be a best picture winner like we see decades or maybe it's decades or many years of uh this friendship and it starts off their best friends nothing's wrong and then they fall out and then they get back together and then they fall out and they get back together and one of them becomes an alcoholic and relies on the other one for help and the other one doesn't want to help but then ends up helping and it's just it's so heartwarming and different and it's it's written by two best friends directed by two best friends starring two best friends and their chemistry really really shows in the writing in the directing and in the acting and i just think it, it's it's so it hit the mark for me every step of the way and it was such a surprise because like i say with comedies they're normally just good or they're really funny but i never really feel any other emotions towards a comedy other than yeah that made me laugh that was funny but with this it, it really was a roller coaster and i loved it a lot it's definitely one i recommend checking out sam i know you've not seen it um yeah definitely it watch it those films i think is very underrated it was at sundance so i think it won something at sundance but i can't remember what so uh where can i find the client i think it's on rent on, i think it's on pvod in like prime and stuff um, okay okay I'll yeah, certainly, uh, I'll certainly have a look. Yeah, it's available to rent on Prime. Okay, um, interesting. Um, so, uh, a fucking lot of big variety in picks. We started off with quite a few sweeps and stuff, and it ended up that we didn't really find um, kind of as we, as the further we got along, the less we agreed on winners. Uh, the more personal it became. Uh, with the technical level, I think we could appreciate it come some of the more the bigger snobs and stuff like Tenet when he stunts in school, you know, it was fair, it seemed yeah. fairly obvious. As we got into to the later categories, I think there's only one, I might be I remembering incorrectly, but I think um, from supporting actress through the actor categories, director, picture, worst picture, the only one that there's any agreements on is I think me and Jay are both with Ben Mendelsohn. Um, yeah. I think it just shows the, um, some of the strength of the films that did get snubbed or, or not necessarily snubbed but just didn't get into the Oscars this year there's been so many excellent films that came in 2020 especially um, with all kind of the strange situation this year has been in uh, managing to get so many of those films released on Netflix and Prime uh, so many of those films getting those, uh, those releases in those crucial summer months when the cinemas were open but um, yeah some real some real, um, some, real uh, some real gems in there um, I think uh, The Climb um you know, definitely one that I think I need to watch after that. Um, and maybe Baby Teeth will be the one that maybe you think you need to watch after that. Uh, yeah, those, that's, uh, that's my anything... main takeaway from this. Yeah. I need to watch Baby Teeth. Have you seen St. Francis? No, none of you have seen that, right? No, no, St. Francis will be definitely no. one where I, I would I would kind of go away. And Rocks as well. I, I need to yeah. kind of go away and watch that. Yeah. I think. Rocks um, is great. Is there any films that you're thinking, JL, after the, kind of what we've been saying? Any films that you think, yeah, that, that sounds like what I should be going for? Um, I've been I've been meaning to watch First Cow for the longest time, um, and I haven't just no around to watching it. So I think that'll definitely be one that gets pushed up my uh, my watch list. First Cow is so good. It's yeah, so definitely. weird. It's weird. First Cow. Well, I'm quite a big fan of weird films. I think that can be some, yeah. uh, some of my picks. Uh, so I think um, I think maybe that's one that would be down up my street as well. Uh, if I ever get round to watching it, which I'm sure I will do. Um, but that about wraps it all up. So. Baby Teeth, The Climb, and Tenet winning our best picture and a massive variety of films. 
winning the other categories and and some some first timers and some industry vets and Bernstein in there. Uh, worst picture, of course, we get some variety and, and always find an opportunity <laughs> to hate on Rebecca again. Uh, thank you massively for coming on and doing this with us, uh, Lewis. This is, a, this is quite a long episode. No problem. Thanks but for having me. It's been fun. I'd love to be back. It's been very fun. Uh, you came on here to talk about the uh, the, the, the good Godzilla Kong uh, trailer, but you didn't say oh, yeah. who you were going for. I'm on the winning team, which is Team Kong. It's just a shame that we get some such basic guests, eh? Just uh, so someday we'll find someone who cuts uh, <laughs> on cultured enough to go for uh, Godzilla. Maybe it's because of xenophobia and a kind of fear of, of the, the non-Western speaking world. Um, I guess that's what we'll have to put it down to, I guess. Um, but yeah, thanks again uh, for coming on. Uh, Lewis, um, thanks yeah, for having me. Uh, yeah. Um, Hey, everyone, did you see Peter Capaldi in the, in the Suicide Squad trailer, guys? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. talked in the new one. The Suicide... The, oh, it was a new trailer. Oh, did you not see a little TV spot that was like, no. with Capaldi talks? No. Who talks? Capaldi. Oh, no, I've not seen that. And he's like, this is fucking suicide. And they're like... <laughs> and then, like, Joel Kinnaman's like, that's the... That's kind of the point, bro. The Suicide Squad trailer was very disappointing. Me. Really, I thought it was. Oh no, I thought it was so one, much fun. I did yeah, not I find it. any of the jokes that funny. I thought, I don't know, I was just very underwhelmed by the trailer. And hopefully, the film's better than the trailer because if it's not, then we're not going to. You be haven't seen mid. the first Suicide Squad, which is lucky. Oh good, yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah. the trailer seen just. I was just thinking James Gunn. I was thinking it's gonna be so good. Like, I don't know. I, I hope. I, hopefully, I they're trying not to show too much of the best stuff in the trailer. I thought the trailer looked cool, and if you're normally wrong, Jay, also. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. Hashtag release the AI cut as well, but that's not going to happen. Oh no, I can't. I I can't. I hated Suicide Squad so much. I can't imagine that more of it would be good thing. Release the AI cut. Yeah, you can, you can say that about to, uh, Justice League though. Well, yeah, that's true. But there wasn't a new director. Shut on you up, didn't I? Suicide Squad. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But Warner Brothers are bastards. That um, is true. I can't disagree. Which we can't. Hashtag Tenet. Hashtag Tenet. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, isn't isn't Nolan going to Sony or something for this next one? Allegedly, uh, sure been rumors and stuff. Rumors but, uh... to destroy all speakers. Okay, <laughs> he probably he definitely won't be at Warner Brothers wherever he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Let's uh, so a big thank you to Lewis. Where can we find you? Once uh, again, I'm on Twitter at ljwr underscore. Okay, very nice. Do you want to uh, maybe link your... Do you, do you want to chat out your letterbox as well while you're here? Oh, yeah, that's at LJWR. Nice. Okay, you can find me on Twitter at SamHMedia. You can find me on letterbox at Sam Houston. You can find Jordan on letterbox and Twitter at ByJordanLuke. You can find the podcast at Now Showing Film. You can contact us directly at nowshowingpod at gmail.com. If you're a big fan of the podcast, the best way to support it would be to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps us go up in the rankings. We are proud to be members of the Music City Drive-In Network. Uh, of course, there are a large variety of different good podcasts on there, uh, including our own, including other film podcasts like Film Optics and the Music Drive-In uh, podcast, uh, including music podcasts like 50 years of music including sports podcasts like the fancy football round table including articles jl's writing for them uh loads of great stuff on there you can check them out music drive network website or uh, mcdi pod uh, on twitter 
And uh, we're hopefully going to have some interviews coming in the next few weeks there, right, Jail? Yeah, with fingers crossed. I mean, well, I'm, I'm waiting back on a couple of people. Um, some much like lower-budget indie fe- uh, feature film directors and then one of the BAFTA-nominated short film directors. And hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, we're going to be getting an interview with Joe Pen- Pena, Pena uh, who is the director of Arctic, which features Mash Mickelson. And the upcoming Netflix film Stowaway. Yeah, that's um, a hopeful one. That is, if we can get that, so, that'd be good. Yeah, fingers crossed. I've been speaking to him, and it's looking good. Just mm-hmm. organising dates and stuff. So we can see that when it comes out on the uh, Now Showing Film podcast, uh, Now Showing Film Twitter account, uh, and you'll find it, of course, on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, we are very thankful for you listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.